This week's episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Get 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Create your own professional-looking website with no prior knowledge required at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Hello. Oh my gosh, hey. TB, I just found the perfect gift for you, and I'm so excited. Uh, is this revenge for the Secret Sander? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I'm, so, okay. I'm going to send the link to Sam so that we can corroborate and make sure that we're both on the same page. But I like I feel pretty solid about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. For those we'll of you who s- don't know, TB sent Sam and I quite quite the box of goodies. It's, quite uh, quite the gift. Yeah. Quite a goodie <laughs> box. It was extremely generous and very useful. Very practical gifts, all I believe. I think so. There have been. <laughs> there have been multiple times where Sam has been wearing that under new management shirt, just like around the house, and then we'll leave the house and he's hit with this realization of, oh no, I'm wearing this outside. It's back. This is from TB. <laughs> I know, dude. That thing helped you open Hearthstone packs. It didn't actually. <laughs> we established it was terrible. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> bad. The pipe helped you. <laughs> Truly scientific statistical gathering on that. You got really bad cards as a result. Nothing but Anoyotrons. Yeah, but, but when I had the pipe in my mouth, I got legendaries coming out of my ears. Yeah, the pipe was the golden, the golden child. I can't wait to take both of you to Vegas at some point and see how much money you lose. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I've been to a casino like probably ten times, and I think every time I only brought like forty dollars, and only once did I win. Oh, I like to do the thing where I just, I get out a 20 and then if I make money off of that 20, I'll be like, cool. And then I'll take a 20 again <laughs> and like see if I'll make money off of it. No. But if I don't make money, if I like put the 20 in and I don't make any money off of it, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Obviously it's not in yeah. the cards for the day. But if, yeah, if you like wind up with a decent amount of months from the one $20 bill, then it's like, okay, I can reuse this 20 again. Because yeah. it, it did good for me, right? That's, yeah. I mean, that's a sure formula to lose all your money without gaining <laughs> anything, but okay. I very rarely walk away with uh, less money. See, here's what I do. I take uh, I take $200, I put 100 on red and 100 on black. I just keep doing that all night. And then I leave with $200. <laughs> what? Except when you hit green <laughs> and then you lose it. Yeah. Except for then. Yeah. 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 That never happens. That's fine. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. None of you understand odds at all. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the gambling podcast. Yeah. 
We occasionally talk about <laughs> slot machines. Sponsored by FanDuel. FanDuel. No. no. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen much of those websites lately. Have they finally been, been like declared sued. illegal? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. They're not sued, but yeah, they're like, you need to stop doing that. And they're yeah. like, we're not gambling. We're just risk taking for money. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh. Yeah, it's weird, man. There are so many ways that companies are trying to get around those laws. Yeah. Like, I just find it bizarre yeah. that this country even has those laws. It's like, uh, we're the freest country in the world, yeah. and in many ways the most restrictive. It, yeah. It's, it's just weird. like, there's gambling yeah. machines in every pub in the UK. There's uh, amusements, as they call them, in every corner. You know, it's very common. Online gambling and stuff, you can do it easy, no problem. And then in this country, it's like, yeah, because yeah, at one point I thought, hey, I'd love to bet on an esports event. Can I do that in this country? No, apparently I can't. Like, why? God, that would be the dream. I would love to do that. Well, people in Europe <laughs> do it all the time. There's websites for that, but you're not allowed to do it in this country. Like, what? Why not? Like, yeah, one day. Yeah. One day. At some point. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure where that's going with that. Speaking of dumb, yeah, Jesse hasn't shown up again because I believe he's on a plane back from the UK. He Legit, ran off to the like, UK. traveled a weeks. around the world in the past month. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Mm. perfect. <laughs> I'm just really impressed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just can I slap an insult together with Jesse Cox in some way, in which case Segway functions correctly. It's great. It, I mean, like, um, you've been practicing that formula for years now. So oh, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like you can practicing turn is a good way. Any conversation into a Jesse Cox something or other. Some no kind doubt. of roast. Mm -hmm. I legit messaged him like, hey, you want to do a podcast thing? He's like, no, I'm in Germany. I'm like, okay. Reason. And then I'm like, hey, you want he's like, no, I'm in New York now. I'm like, hey, you want he's like, no, I'm leaving for England. I'm like, what are you it's doing? Like, it's like, do, do you intend to actually work at any time? Like, yeah. that... Dude, he, like he spent like a week busting his ass to just make as much content as possible for a month and a half because he was like, I'm going to be gone forever. <laughs> I was like, okay, enjoy, buddy. Yep. <laughs> I'm I'm burned out on traveling over the last few weeks, man. I, I'm done. You know, I've done a couple of cons, a couple of events. I'm like, you know, that's that's okay. Yeah. You know, nothing else still CoxCon, I think. And I'm not going to do E3. Uh, God, that that place is a nightmare. Are you any of you guys going to E3? No. I had planned <laughs> no. on it, and you then learned I was your like, lesson. You know what? I don't want to go. No, Dude, this going. is my first year <laughs> in a while that I don't have to go, and I'm like, hell nah. I'm staying home. I'm so excited. I was just talking the other day about how I enjoy watching E3 and being one of the like shitty Twitch people. It's like, ha ha, this game sucks. <laughs> Instead of like actually going there and playing it for myself, being like, wow, this game sucks. And I waited an hour to play it. I mean, with the streaming side of things, I don't even think there's a need to go to E3 anymore because all the conferences that used to have to wait for the fucking websites to report are now streamed yeah. live on Twitch, which makes those websites lot. completely obsolete. And I, it's like, well, why the hell should I go then? I could just sit at home and... I might do the, the whole uh, snark on the stream thing this year, because yeah. I know Twitch was doing that last year. I think that might, that might be fun to put together. It's fun. That's what uh, me and Dodger are doing with JP and Co. Yeah. Just doing a drop frame snark on the E3 reveal edition. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah. It is the way to go. And I mean, the show is a giant ad. Yep. Yep. I mean, the show's a giant ad, so it really deserves to be snarked on, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's not I mean, really a show where you go to actually experience cool new games and enjoy them. That's PAX. That's what PAX is for. Well, that's that's honestly how I feel about uh, San Diego Comic Con now too. 
every time I go to San Diego Comic-Con, I'm like, there's so many people I literally can't do anything. It feels like there's no point to being here at all. I got my absolute favorite Mondo prints in the world at Comic-Con one year. And that's like, out of the things that I can remember from Comic-Con, that's the highlight from all of the years. Is that I got, I've like, not heard good things about Comic-Con these days, just because of how big it's gotten. I mean, we had an opportunity to go a few years ago in San Diego. We saw how many people were there and we're like, nope, nope. Like, you can't even move in the corridors. What's the point? Uh, and yeah, just word to the wise for anybody who's tiny like i am you literally won't see anything you there are so many people just right here <laughs> you can't you'll smell a lot of armpits and you will see nothing you'll walk right next to people who are like oh my god is that jared padalecki and you'll be like oh it, ah, fuck it never mind <laughs> i can't there's no way yeah small people problems small people problems <laughs> comic-con is a nightmare if you're short you will suffocate and die there yeah, go to go to smaller events. Uh, well, I was at Momocon this weekend, and that's that's the right size for conventions. I think, like that, is, it's like I there like are PAX people. South size. PAX yeah, South I haven't been to South yet, but I like the idea of Pack South's not insane South nature. Is nice. It was yeah. small, the man. Mm-hmm. It's really small. South was like a ghost town. Yeah. It was great. That you got sounds to amazing. Play everything you got to talk to everybody. It was great. Right, but like, at what point do you realize that your con is getting too big? And then, how do you keep it? Like, do you sabotage your own con to get? I don't know. I mean, because like- um, you expand at some point. You know, Dragon Con is spread across like six hotels now because of how big it is. Yeah. Yeah, Dragon Con. It was nuts because you would realize, oh. The area where all of the merch is is like three blocks that way yeah. <laughs> because there were just so many different buildings just full to the brim. But um, I I think just uh, for a lot of cons, they wind up expanding to a ludicrous point, right? Just realizing like, this is a nice size and then sticking with it. Yeah. Cool. Why not? As people think, as people think of, as your con gets more popular, you hit capacity, so either you're gonna have a shit time with too many people in a venue, or you have to grow. You have to expand. They don't have a choice. No, what I'm saying is like you you have don't... something where they sabotage their own con, like leak out like to... farts through the air vents or something, and everyone's like, "Do you remember the great fart fiasco of Pax East? They're not going next year." I, are you suggesting chemical the... warfare is a good response? Yeah. No, I, yeah. because you you always establish a certain number of tickets that you're going to to sell, and then a lot of what happens with a lot of conventions and why a lot of conventions their first year do fine and then their second year do awful is because their second year they're like, we could do like double the number we did last year. Yeah, that would be fine, and then it just turns into a fucking shit show. So I think if you like if you realize a certain number of people is a good number. There's nothing wrong with continuing to make something exclusive, even if, even if it's like, even if the demand for more tickets is there, it's just saying no to greed. <laughs> but I guess it's hard. Yeah, that's that seems like the way to go with it. I think like Pax Prime is getting to the point of being a little big as well for mm-hmm. the venue okay. too. I, I know like a couple of years ago when I went, I felt a little bit too full, and now it feels even kind of crazier than that i think pax east still has a decent size venue you know it's still got a lot of like floor space and it still seems to work pretty well but i if i recall correctly isn't um pax prime is on like 
six floors and it's got that giant escalator down the middle and that ends uh, up just being a nightmare to move around it's like it's it's like a, a two hall one i think i think it's like it? a convention with are you sure about that i don't think it's like six floors i think it's like three floors but two mm. halls i don't remember well, honestly. more than that but uh, i haven't been for years they're so. all blurring together <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> i'm super burnt out on conventions right now me too I'm still really excited for Anime Expo. That's coming up. I'm Indeed. Not. Boo! <laughs> Boo and hiss and so forth. And none of us for E3. Like, I can't even think of what I'm even looking forward to hearing about from E3 at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to see more information, I guess, about what's going to be happening with these with the new PlayStation version. You know, the, the one that doesn't suck quite as much. Oh, um, the... Yeah. The Neo the or whatever. 5. Yeah, the 4.5, <laughs> pretty much. I, yeah. I want to know more about that. I want to see, like, just how much faster is it going to be? You know, it, how many improvements are we going to see? Are we going to see, like, a generation of games where you can pick between 60 and 30? You know, you can ch- choose your resolution and stuff like that. That would be great. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. I mean, uh, The Missus has been recently replaying uh, the Uncharted uh, remastered collection. And that is a fuckload better now that they, they read it. It's like, hey, you can play them at 60, but then they release, release the latest and it's like, oh, it's it's 30. It's like, oh, well, I kind of like the older ones at 60 rather than the new shinier one at 30, you know? Yeah. Hopefully we can get something like that. That would be pretty cool. I'd like to see um, what's coming of it. Are, did, uh, did the remastered Dragon's Quest 7 and 8, are they already out? Don't think so. Not that I know of. How are they going to remaster that exactly? Because I, I don't mean, know. That's what I want to know. Because it's like it's like the Toriyama Dragon Ball Z style art, and I'm like, how do? I mean, you can up-res it, you yeah, know, because isn't it still really like four good. by three game? You know, it'd be nice of it to be in sixteen by nine. Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, I beat that whole bloody thing because it's phenomenal. But I'm not, I'm not sure what they're doing with that because they said, hey, we're going to get it on 3DS last year, and I think they've done that now. Mm. And the fact there's going to be like a, is there going to be a complete HD remake of it? Uh, I think there's supposed to be of seven and eight because Dragon's Quest uh, Builders is coming out for Vita and PS4, uh, I think. Yeah, but I, I'm actually interested in playing around with Builders. It, it looks kind of neat. Me too. I'm like, I'm cool. Like, I'm. I have no interest in Minecraft anymore for the most part, but. As opposed was, to your previous large interest in Minecraft. I know, right? <laughs> but if it was like Minecraft with Dragon Quest characters, like I might be able to get into that a little bit. Yeah, I haven't um, kept track of it too much, but I do like the look of it. I mean, I've always liked the art style of Dragon Quest and the characters and the way that the monsters look ridiculous. How that will fit into a sort of building, crafting, sandboxy kind of game, I don't know, but hey, I'll give it a try. I made uh, the argument on my news video. I made the argument that Minecraft is in the same genre as Daisy and Ark, and it is. There were quite a few, yeah, right. <laughs> there were quite a few people who were like, "No, you're wrong." I was like, "I'm not wrong." Though. No, you're not wrong at all. It's They're the same game, but like <laughs> it pretty much started those types of games in a way. Like it, it did. The survival mode of Minecraft kicked most of those into gear. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. You know, I think people look at Minecraft and the only thing they see is the building aspects. Like, no, 
For a long time, you know, the big deal about Minecraft was the survival mode, you know, was the idea of, you know, you've got to build a shelter and hide from the guys at night and you've got to craft and yeah. build materials. How is that not similar to the current existing survival games? It's very similar to that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's absolutely similar. I don't know why people don't think that, because they just look at the, the games in a very shallow and simple way. I'm still um, not seeing any information about an HD remake of Dragon Quest VIII, though. Like, what? Really? Yeah, I don't see anything about it. I'd love it. I think that'd be great. Oh, I'll look into it later. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd I'd kill for one of those though. That that game was phenomenal at the time. And what annoys me is that every other port of it has been lacking the really good soundtrack from the PS2 version. They actually went back to uh, it, was, it was the PS2, possibly I think it was just the Western PS2 release that had this orchestral version of the soundtrack. It was fucking killer. And then every other version, like the one you can get on iOS and shit, has gone back to the simpler kind of beepy music, which is right. nowhere near as good. I, I don't know what happened there and why, but I'll just tell you, you know, if you get a chance to play Dragon Quest VIII, then either emulate it on a PS2 emulator or get a PlayStation 2 and play it on disc, because that's the best version by far. I don't know about that game, so I don't care. Okay. All right, at least <laughs> you're honest about it. Let's move yeah. on to the games that we've been playing this week, shall we? Who wants to start off? Let, let's not talk for an hour about Overwatch. I think we might have... Maybe. Oh, you guys want to talk about Overwatch? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> Not especially. I think we, we've talked maybe quite a lot about it. Maybe we bring it up a little bit later, but let's uh, let's talk about something else that isn't that. Okay. Strivan, I bet you've been playing something that's not that. Uh, I played a lot of Total War Warhammer. Yes, yes. Tell us about yeah. that. Which is uh, it's really fun. It's obviously Total War set in the Warhammer universe. You can play as vampires, orcs. You can play as humans, dwarves, uh, chaos. And um, yeah, you can have huge, large-scale battles. Uh, there's also co-op modes. You can have, you can do battles with your friends, or you can team up to battle the NPC and just conquer the world, that kind of stuff. But I've been having a lot of fun with that. Is um, that your first Total War game? It is my first Total War game. I'd never played a Total War game before, and all the races are like cr crazily different, like very, very different. Vampires can, uh, if they win a battle, they can use the corpses from the battlefield to make zombies and skeletons and stuff oh cool um, the orcs like the more stuff they kill the more like you get like war armies which are just huge armies that flock to you because you're so popular and uh and that's how they work and the chaos don't even get towns they just have to like raise buildings one by one and grow internally so it's like everything's crazy different it's really fun it looks amazing um as well well, uh, yeah. <clears throat> this is the only one that's like Warhammer themed, right? Yeah, yeah. so this is the, it's the only fantasy one in general. All the others yeah, have been historic. Fantasy one. It's the first oh. of three. They're going to be doing three Warhammer ones, and each one is going to have like five new races until they've got all the races in. Cool. The first one they did was Shogun Total War, I think. And that, that was, was the very first, yes. And then it was yeah. Rome, right? Yeah, then Rome. No, it was medieval. No, it was, uh, it was medieval before Rome. Uh, that medieval one. Yeah, then Rome. It was medieval one, Rome. Then medieval, medieval two. two. Yeah. And then they eventually showed the two. Yeah, show or Imperial. There was Imperial Total War. Oh, Empire Total War. Yeah, yeah uh, that Total one was War. not brilliant. Uh, it was no. an interesting idea, but then people suddenly realized, well, really. A lot of this is just lines of musketeers standing there shooting at each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it, it was the first one, I think, to have like really proper naval battles in it. So people were kind of mm -hmm. about that. But it also ran like absolute dog shit. Yeah. So that's 
pretty annoying. But then they released Napoleon Total War, which was kind of a, a bit of a cut-down version of Empire, but it ran a lot better. It was better designed, right. and people liked that a bit more. Mm -hmm. I think Medieval 2 is my favorite one. I love Medieval 2. I, I'll also say that... Grindle? Yeah, I played this one. This one was really fun, too. I think what's nice about this one is, like, when you play the other ones, like Medieval or Rome, you kind of are the same units in a way. You're just kind of very, like, you start in a different place. It's like, I start in England, I start in Rome, I start here, and then you just have slight, uh, like, unit variations and attribute differences. But, like, in this one, like, everything is different, like, depending on what race you pick. Like, orcs, uh, if you're not fighting as orcs, they start to go crazy and, like, fight each other. Yeah, you're, you're oh, yeah they'll, like, cannibalize each other, right? Yeah, yeah. they start fighting, so... It's like you have to be constantly fighting as orcs. So they're kind of tricky to play because of that. Because sometimes you're like, I don't want to fight right now. You like, uh, or you've got only allies around you and you have yeah. to break a, a peace tree because otherwise you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Not like kicking someone's door in. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite part of watching Sam and JP play together was Sam would give JP units to use and then JP would just get them killed. And Sam was like, what the fuck? Because the multiplayer allows you to, like, give units to each other, right? Yeah. So JP's, like, he was really good at, like, his building management. And I was really good at the fights. So whenever, so he, he had one fight, for example, and it was 90-10 in the enemy's favor. And we used, like, a hill and some woods and stuff, and we actually ended up winning. And then I had, like, 80-20 in my favor, and I gave JP a bunch of units, and he just, like, left half of them at the start line. And stuff like that. <laughs> it was just like, oh. But um, it was fun. It was pretty funny. You just have to make sure that the person you're playing with is like also pretty good, I guess. I'm always like really bad at the battles, so I don't like to play the battles. Like, I'm, so I'm always just like, oh, I'll just auto resolve it because it's like I'm gonna win this one. Everyone's like, you didn't play the battle. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like you're sort of missing like the point of a total war game there. if you don't, because like, I don't know how it is in this one, but the strategy layer of most total war games is fairly basic. You know. I think it's intimidating for newer players, but most of the time it's just, well, you've got a city and you can build stuff in it and then you upgrade the tier of the city, then you can build more stuff in it and there's like set number of spots to build in. And outside of that, you know, the diplomacy layer is kind of, it works, you know, it, it does the job. It's not like civilization level or like a 4X yeah. strategy game or anything like Paradox. And the battles are what sets it apart from all these other games because all these other games have really kind of dull combat, whereas Total War is all about those big battles, you know? right yeah but i enjoy playing it and then just like trancing out and just kind of it's like a chill game is it well it is when you don't play the battles <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess if you ought to play all the battles and have an overwhelming force then yeah i guess you don't have to do much yeah, well, the game, yeah. The game sometimes screws you too because i think i all resolved like a 70 30 in my favor battle and i lost that's every well and i was just like Ugh. yeah i mean that's auto resolve for you that's all resolve yeah. in every game right it's not a guaranteed win like it's why i don't like using auto resolve in anything because honestly yeah it saves you a little bit of time but the whole point is unless they made you they can't guarantee you a victory because otherwise people would take the path of least resistance every time right so if you had a bigger army and it's like all right well it's 60 40 that means i'm guaranteed to win then everyone's just going to hit that auto resolve button uh, but then, the other, only other way to do it is to have a random chance that you don't win, right? And at mm. that point, you're like, well, that's bullshit! I had a bigger army! Fuck, why'd I hit that button? 
I, I almost feel like auto-resolve is a real, like, crutch feature in a lot of these games that they're never going to get completely right because there's no fair way to do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because it's fantasy, too. They have tons of amazing sorceries that you can do. So you can do, like, a, like a, a tornado of flame that just, like, cuts through enemy units and they all, like, run and stuff. It's kind of awesome. And you can zoom in. I love that you can zoom in. It's probably obviously in every Total War, but you can, like, zoom in right into the battle. You can watch like a troll just like smashing men around and that kind of stuff. That's the reason to play battles in any of the yeah. Total War games if you're like if you have a bigger force and you know you're gonna win. It's like, alright, well I don't really have to do anything right now. All my units are engaged, they're all engaged in the best places. Let's zoom in and watch some fuckers get killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the Total Wars are great for that. I I still I th- I still think Medieval 2 is probably the best of the series I Absolutely loved that. Rome was good too. Fucking elephant charges and shit. Yeah, the original. Were amazing. Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, Rome 2. No, that was broken as <laughs> fuck. Oh, well, now they hecked it up by the second one. Yeah. Some of the show. I mean, Shogun 2 was pretty good as well, though. Uh, it had some fucking horrible bugs in it, but considering they're just kind of getting to the gun, you know, gunpowder and modern units and shit, they had some really cool variety in that. Hmm. Plus, the yeah. voice, voice acting was hilariously bad, and that will be forever awesome. <laughs> Love yeah. it. So I've, been, I've been playing a lot of Total War Warhammer. Uh, I'm going to be trying Dead by Daylight today. Dead by Daylight. That sounds like some kind of survival thing. What's it that does. all about? Right, so Dead by Daylight is like um, your standard four players and one monster. Oh! oh. But the monster is like a giant psychopath with like meat hooks. And so you're trying to like run and hide from him, oh. hide in lockers and stuff. If he finds you, he can, like, drag you and prop you up on a meat hook and your friend has to try and sneak over and save you. And This sounds awesome. Like, uh, when is yeah, this... Com- yeah, uh, like, cool. are you doing, like, uh, is it a pre-release stream? Like, what's going on with this? Was they, they gave me uh, a bunch of keys. They've, gave, uh, they've given a bunch of broadcasters loads of keys to give out to viewers and stuff. So I'm assuming, like, I guess they're kind of entering, like, a, a, a closed beta phase or something. Hmm. But, um, yeah, you can get a key just hitting them up and get some keys for your audience and stuff. But, like, I'm watching a couple of people play on Twitch now, and it just looks really fun. So I'm going to be trying that later. I mean, those asymmetric games, especially with a good Twitch group, are really, really fun to play. I mean, this is a, a Twitch stream that they made on their channel. I'm just sort of trying to figure out what's going on with it. But it's – I wonder how, like, long those games kind of can stick around. Because, I mean, we saw what happened to Evolve, right? Mm-hmm. right. But uh, games like this, they're probably going to be a lot cheaper, right? This is probably like a 15, 20 buck game or something like that. Yeah. I think it's, uh, what did I just see on Steam? It is, uh, did, but I think it was like 15, but they have like a bunch of different little pack things you can buy. Yeah, it's I think that's a good price point. Like, I think that's, you, you watch a stream and something looks fun, like, it's easier to convince your friends to buy a $15 game that is like something like Evolve. I think maybe that was one of Evolve's yeah. biggest weaknesses outside of the fact that I didn't think it had the depth to really survive, that mm. it was just a game that good luck convincing like four of your friends to buy this $60 game, you know, that was multiplayer only in order to have a good time with it. They have a, they have a five pack for like 70 bucks too. Mm. So you can like give it, like Split give it. your friends everything, yeah. Yeah, you just, like, split the money between... Uh, I think that's a good way to do that. Yeah, I think that's, like, that's the right price for a game like that. 
Mm-hmm. I love the concept. You know, I've been looking for more interesting, weird multiplayer games lately. I know, like uh, the ship remastered. I think just got its server oh, list fuck in now. Yes, we gotta play that at some we point. Need to play that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. yeah. I forgot about that game. Stuff that is unusual. Stuff that's a little bit weird. Stuff that is asymmetric in some way. I think those games are so much fun. It's just yeah. it can be difficult to convince people to play it, especially if the price point is wrong. And I almost feel like a lot of people are scared of it because of something like Evolve and how badly that flopped. What was the name of that uh, that asymmetric game? Was it a game mode where it was Batman and Robin were one team? And then oh, was yeah. like it all was... of the other villain groups that were like fighting each other, but also trying to kill Batman and Robin. It was the multiplayer mode in one of the Arkham games. I think it was Origins. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure it was Origins. That was a really cool idea. Like, it I think was. that was a great implementation, actually. I'd, I played a bit of it. It wasn't too well done, but I thought the idea behind it was really solid. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to do things. I think a lot of developers are very scared about giving too much power to one player because the other players will be upset about that, but I think it creates a really cool, unique dynamic. Yeah. And I'd love to see more games do that. It's okay to have one guy be more powerful, as long as, you know, the other guy's got a numbers advantage, they've got to work together, or they've got to do something sneaky or cool. I love that idea. I absolutely love it. It's not done anywhere near enough, though. Yeah, I agree. I want to check out this, uh, this game, actually. Strip, if you've got a spec here, I'd love to have a look at that. I just sent them a direct message on the Twitter. Yeah, oh, there you go. shit. Uh, well, that means they were following you, so they're already interested. No, they yeah. just got their DMs open. They got their DMs oh, open for uh, for people to get in touch. Well, you've just pretty, doomed pretty them. Thing. Yeah. You just doomed <laughs> them now. It's going to be 10,000 bloody DMs in there. Does look interesting, though. Yeah. Looks, looks pretty cool. A, oh, yeah, you're right. Shit, dude. I'll check that out. <laughs> Apparently, they already follow the co-optional podcast crew. What? Aw. Sorry, the the crew, uh, as in the three the of us, crew. or is there a separate Twitter no, the that we three don't? Of you. Oh, I was gonna say, is there a separate co-optional Twitter that we don't own or something? Like, there probably <laughs> is, right? I don't know. Probably, me. it's probably some like fan-made, like the co-optional <laughs> crew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do not run that. Yeah, so we should try that later. Yeah, that sounds like fun. We should give that a shot. And aside from that, I've just been playing Overwatch, which we're not going to touch on, so feel free to go on to some. We might talk about it later, but not right now. I think we'll uh, talk about something that's not that. (laughs) I feel like, I just feel like Overwatch overload on everything, you know, just (laughs) everybody just can't stop talking about that game. Yeah. Oh, but the shitposting game has been so on point. Holy fuck. It's been just like a smorgasbord of terrible jokes on the internet about (laughs) Overwatch, and I love it. I just linked uh, one in this chat a minute ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Some terrible. Oh, yeah, oh, you did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no. That one's pretty good. No. Um, no. Okay, if you want, I can talk about a game that is a genre that is near and dear to TB's heart. Oh, here we go. Right. Do you want to guess what the genre is? <laughs> is it a dating sim by any chance? No. Oh, okay. What is it? It's a hidden object game. Okay, then. Okay, so the only reason that I'm talking about it is because it's the first hidden object game where it seemed like somebody sat there and was like, how do we make hidden object games interesting and last longer? Okay, what's what's his name? Change and shift. Okay, so it's called Lost Lands, a hidden object adventure. Okay. Um, 
I clicked on it because it has overall just like super positive reviews. Um, and I was like, all right, this seems interesting. So the idea of it is that you are on like an adventure where you have to go to different locations and find items in order to um, build things or find like specific magical items to progress the story and stuff like that. It's one of those games where you have a certain amount of um, like energy. Okay. So you, you know, you utilize your energy and then you have to come back later and then utilize your energy. Like a mobile game. Like a mobile game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it actually, it winds up being really fun because at first you're going to these same locations to get, you know, items to build stuff or, or story items, whatever. And everything keeps showing up in the same spot. So it'll be like, find a, a, the turtle and find this and find that. And it's normally like 12 to 15 items each time I think in your timed. But um, so after a while you're like, okay, I know where everything is now. Like you can click them so fast. And I was going, all right, this is going to get boring really fast because I know where all of the objects are in all of the major zones that are available to me right now. So how are they going to change that? So after you've been to a zone a certain number of times, the whole thing just fucking switches and it'll be the exact same place. All of the items are in different spots. They add in like a bunch of new items. And so every time you level up an area because you've been there a certain amount of times, um, they'll add in a bunch of new stuff and they'll like change where everything is. So you're suddenly like, wait, that's not, wait, I thought the turtle was there. Fuck. And you're like panicking, like, oh no, where's the turtle now? Oh shit. It's a completely different turtle now. <laughs> like it's, they, uh, they switch it up fairly often and it actually winds up being really fun. And then, uh, you can find like chests and things that put you into completely different game mode where it's a puzzle and you have to figure out like how to connect gems or how to, um, connect like certain colors together and they wind up, they figured it out. I don't know. They figured out how to take a hidden object game and be like, okay, how do we make it so that this continues on for a while? It's how do we make it a video game? They made it a, an actual game. Yeah. And it winds up being, I think it winds up being really fun as somebody who can kind of like low key enjoy a hidden object game. If I'm really bored, um, finding this, I was like, oh, okay. All right. I'm into this. Yeah, um, I'm seeing one of the kind of puzzles coming up right now. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some interesting stuff, like collect items in order to unlock this, and it has like an overworld map and stuff like that. Yeah, so you've got, you start off in one area of the map, and then eventually it'll be like, okay, well, we really need to interact with the golems up north or whatever, but, you know, we need, um, you know, they, the golems need certain items for their quarry and so you can go and find like those items for them and bring them back or um if you want to be gaining energy faster you can sort of deviate from the story and find items to build huts in the actual village and so then the huts will help you either gain energy faster or um constantly produce like certain items that are consistently needed in the game hmm. so it it has it has lots of stuff to do uh there is definitely a point where you're like, fuck, I'm running out of energy fast. And I know that that's the point where they want you to be like, yo, you want to just buy some gems? And <laughs> that's fine if you want to. I mean, you don't have to, but you could. And I have yet to spend any money on this game. I was gonna say, does it sell gems on PC as well? Uh, 
Well, I've only played it on PC. Oh, and it sells gems anyway. So it's a it's a free to play game on PC. Oh, and then, okay. And then if uh, you want to like buy energy, like in game energy, you can. Um, mm. but... yep. Never liked that idea on a PC game personally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have yet to like feel feel like the game is robbing me, right? I'm just because it does give you lots of ways to gain more energy or expand the amount of energy that you get and things mm. like that. So. Um, so I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I've, I've actually really spent a decent amount of time on that game at this point in the morning. I'm just like, Oh, let's see, uh, let's see what sort of shit I can find. Cool. All right. And then I walk away for the rest of the day and come back later. There are, there are some games where it's okay to do that. And then there are some games where like, Oh, this game is engaging enough for me to keep playing. And now I'm hitting a wall where I can't progress because of some arbitrary timer. And at that point I'm like, fuck this. I yeah hate that but it is interesting to see that this you know this is a genre that is un- incredibly repetitive you know the the hit- static yeah right. the hidden object genre is it's basically been established as to what it is and people just churn out games in it with different themes yeah and part of me says that's cool because the people that are buying them they want a specific kind of entertainment and they're getting that every time which is not a bad thing necessarily but it's always interesting to see what you can do with a basic principle. Like, you know, when people started turning match threes into RPGs, you know, Puzzle Quest and the stuff that that spawned, that was kind of interesting. I, I just picked up a game actually for my mother, and I'm going to buy a copy myself because it actually looks pretty cool, called Solitaria, which is like, uh-huh. a, this is a roguelike RPG with solitaire battle mechanics in it and crafting and, you know, <laughs> leveling up and shit. Like, oh my God, my mom would fucking love that. <laughs> yeah, I, my mother used to love uh, Puzzle Quest. So I'm like, hey, she'll probably dig that too. So I got her a copy of that. And I'm like, it's interesting to see what you can do when you take a, a more casual mechanic or approach and then you put it into something that's clearly got more core game elements in it. Because sometimes it works out and it ends up being really enjoyable. Yeah, there's actually another game that I played... Uh, it's called Ember Strike. And I, why have I heard of that? For some reason, I don't I've heard know. Of that, I, I think it, it came out the last like couple of days. Okay. But it's it's like a PvP battle game, but bejeweled. Like you you like collect um, different monsters, and you can put them in in different spots. Like I need my like third spot striker, and I need my you know heavy damage and whatever. Uh, and you can have up to five monsters on your team at a time. And each monster needs different types of elements in order to do their abilities. And when you activate their abilities, it puts you into a mini game so that you can like attack things. So at first I thought it was a brawler. I thought it was like a, like a brawly game because all of the pictures were like, here's monsters and they fight each other. And I was like, okay. I like the art in this. It's actually yeah. quite colorful. This is another free to play game. Mm. Um, that up to this point I have had the game not even once say, hey, do you want to spend real money on anything? It hasn't even given me that option. So it is available apparently on Steam as well. Is it on, PC- is it on uh, mobile as well? Oh, I don't know. I also played this on Steam. Okay. <laughs> but uh, This looks like it might be my jam, actually. It, this is another, like, super just casual game mechanics. The thing that I think is really cool about it is that um, you and the other person are working on the same board at the same time. Yeah. So you're like trying to create matches, but there's always the possibility that they can steal from you. So mm. if you like try to make a match, but they made it quicker, it'll be like stolen. 
And you're like, fuck, because you really need that element, but so do they. Yeah. You know? It's it's cool. Yeah. That actually looks neat. And it, it doesn't appear to be a mobile game. I think it is just an early access PC game. Yeah. And it's a free to play one. So mm-hmm. it look it does have actually very positive impressions. It looks pretty cool, actually. I might give that a try. Yeah. Because huh. I'm I'm not ashamed of liking match three <laughs> stuff. I'm not. And I never will be. I think it's yep. it's a cool, satisfying mechanic that you can kind of fit into a lot of different genres if you're creative enough. And it's just so it's mindless in a way that I really require sometimes. Sometimes just all I want to play is a match three game because I know I can kind of space out and at the same time play this competently. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You need some of those games. You do. You absolutely do. I mean, that's kind of what Clash Royale is, I think, for a lot of us. But then again, Clash Royale is also super stressful if you treat it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Clash Royale became became my my love and my hindrance. Krender <laughs> <laughs> literally, for those of you who don't know, Krender literally uh, <laughs> was playing a game right before we went live. And yeah. like 10 seconds before we went live was like, fuck, I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> I get so mad. I like just want to. I'm just like, just like want to break my phone. <laughs> Especially when like they just start laughing. That's the worst. Oh my god! The VM in that game tilts me so bad. <laughs> Easily like the most infuriating BM like in any game I've experienced. So why did they put it in? Like why did? It, so what? I have an answer to this. So it's interesting you brought this up because people have been asking for a squelch feature in that game for ages. Apparently. As I read quite recently, Supercell replied and they said that they're not doing that because they feel that, like, the uh, the the BM and the emote spam is kind of core to the game and that they don't <laughs> want to get rid of it. Man. I was going to say that maybe they had done some research that suggested that people being able to interact in a way, even if it's infuriating like incites you to want to prove them wrong on some weird level and like play more be like no i am good fuck you (laughs) i imagine there is a psychological aspect to it there's been some hilarious conspiracy theories about this idea incidentally i so because i read a couple of clash royale forums and it is the saltiest like all of these forums are nothing but basically complaining about people that have spent money on the game I was like, ah, free to play. Ah, this game is designed to ruin everything. Ah, why isn't this game appeal to the average player? I'm like, what is the average? What does that even mean? Like, I was like, ah, uh, I'm only winning 50% of the time. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, isn't that, that's right though. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> yeah. It's like, this guy's got more stuff than I'm. Yeah, but that, that now he's higher trophies and you won't match for them again. So you, you, you're given like the trophy. It, it's weird. Like that, that game doesn't really have progression per se, like in terms yeah. of, it's ranking. Like, you're ranked about what level your cards are, plus how good you are, and that's kind of it. It's yeah. the whole, like, Dota or, like, any of those scales. They're just like, I'm in this league when I should be three leagues higher. This is stupid. It's like, no, you're 
where you should be. Where you need, to, <laughs> where you should be. It's like the matchmaking is actually working as intended. But mm-hmm. there was some hilarious conspiracy theories about. It's like, well, you know, it, they they left it in there because that encourages people to buy more card backs because they're mad and they want to be better, so they buy more card backs so they give more money. It's like, oh, supercell. They're just heartless, morally. Ba- I, I heard the terms morally bankrupt <laughs> used to describe the fact that they won't let people uh-huh. squelch emotes. That's one of my favorite just phrases to throw around. Mm, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Because what does that mean? It means that I'm morally bankrupt, and that's why I enjoy it so much. Mm. Mm. I mean, I do I do emote spam back to other people after I get it done to me. So. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm respectful like, until thanks. they aren't, and then I'm like, fuck you. I got four emotes. I'm going to yeah. use them in the most BM method possible. Or you just do the uh, the word. You're just like thanks, 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 thanks. yeah. <laughs> or good luck after you're winning. You're just like good luck. <laughs> now, yeah, you know, you see, that's the uh, that's advanced BM because you know a lot of these like new BMers they just use the four face emotes, but actually you've also yeah. got text emotes too. So you combine the two to make advanced BM. You know, if you want to be truly high level, that's how you do mm-hmm. it. It's true. Progress in the ways of the BM arts. That, absolutely, <laughs> you know, you can get people off balance with that. Sometimes you get them to rage quit. You get a free win. It's great. Yeah, it's good shit. You know, I what I want to know is what some. Sorry, go ahead. Oh wait, who? Grendel, you spaced out a little just, bit there. Hi. I was just saying <laughs> a stupid, a stupid comment that really had no meaning behind it. Well, I mean that. Was- <laughs> That's not news to me. That like be everything you said, Crandor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jesse isn't here to rag on. You've got to substitute in, man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, yeah, we can, we can move on. We can, yes, if you wish. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of like free-to-play games and stuff that you maybe wouldn't necessarily expect to play, I played the RuneScape card game. Oh. Okay. <laughs> is it a RuneScape card game? Yeah, yes. I've actually been really curious about it. <sighs> this, Jesus Christ. This is very unusual, is what this is. Like, it is not in any way like something like Hearthstone or anything like that. It's a very odd way of doing things that is thematically surprisingly cool, but also it takes a little bit of getting used to because I think everyone is kind of used to playing games like Hearthstone and Magic now. So when you play this game and it's not in any way like that, people are like, what? The, uh, uh, how the fuck does this work? So the way that it basically works is that you have a deck of cards, as you might expect, but mm-hmm. instead of playing cards against your opponent, you play cards against yourself. And what you do is you okay. create for your hero, who looks like he's made of cardboard and kind of like moves along like this, you create a, a mini adventure for your hero by putting down encounters and support cards and things like that. So you can put down a creature for you to fight. Not the enemy, you fight him. So, like, so okay. it's like a weird PvP guild of Dungeoneering? A bit, yeah, a bit. So you can put down, I think it's up to four cards per chapter, and the game has five chapters, which are all basically turns, and you encounter what you've put down, you kill it, you get whatever reward it gives you, and then you move on. And you can see like the two little characters on the screen right now encountering the cards that they've put down. So by killing the scorpion that the, the wizard just did, she did three damage to the other player. 
Uh, by killing that card, that guy just got some health. And you can also encounter cards that require you to spend gold, which you can earn from killing monsters. So you put monsters down so that you can kill them and earn gold, and then you spend that gold on support cards, like, hey, this will give you a buff, or this will give you a weapon. And then once the turn's done, you move on to the next one, and once five chapters are done, there's a final fight where, assuming you're still alive, both heroes fight each other with the stats that they have, and you see who wins. And that's how the game this plays out. This looks super cool. Yes. <laughs> it does look pretty cool. This is what I was really surprised by. I had no idea what to expect. So I thought, oh god, RuneScape making a card game is going to be a fucking Hearthstone clone. Not in any way is that true. Not in any more, way. It looks more um, Hands of Fate. Yes. It's got some Hand of Fate. It's got some Guild of Dungeoneering that you mentioned. It's got a little bit of like Pathfinder Adventures in there. You know, right. this whole strange idea of it's PvE combined with PvP. You know, where you're... If you th think about the theme, you know, in RuneScape, your hero would be going, oh, kill this wolf, get some loot, kill this other thing, go back to town, buy an item. It's like that in card form, except you're doing it kind of as a race with the other player. And whoever managed to do it best, you know, if you build a deck where you can gradually build the power of your character and so you can win the final fight, or maybe you can kill them before you get there by just having a bunch of cards or like, hey, I kill this monster and then just five damage to the enemy player and shit. It's right. a really interesting way of doing it, but it's hella confusing initially because it's so such a radically different way of doing things that you're like, yeah. this makes no sense initially. What I will say about it is that you've got to get out of the idea of like Hearthstone where you play a card and then the person reacts to it. It doesn't work that way because you can lay down four cards and your opponent can lay down four cards. You have no idea what your opponent's going to lay down, but you do, of course, know what your opponent played last chapter. So like, oh, okay, so I've been hitting him a bunch. He's probably going to put down some cards to give him some healing or some armor or counter what I'm doing. It's a bit strange, and I feel like almost like there's maybe a lack of interactivity there. But I still think it's a really interesting and original idea. And it's actually pretty fun to play, too. And I like the fact that the turns are limited. So you can, there's only five turns ever in one game. So it kind of time limits how long the game could really go on for. Right. Hmm. So yeah, it's, I know nothing about RuneScape. Like, not at all. Like, I have no idea. But what I played of it so far, I played a couple of hours of it. I'm actually kind of enjoying it so far. It seems like there's um, some really interesting ideas in it. So is this game out or is it? Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. free to play on Steam. You can play it right ah. now. What? It's free to play? Yeah, it's free. Do you just buy packs? Is that how they make money? Yeah. I mean, it's got a bunch of single player stuff. They've got... um. I don't know what it is, but they've got a, they've got solo play against a different levels of AI, so you can get stuff that way. And there's also a, a dungeoneering mode at, like, level 15. I don't know what that is, though. I don't know if it's, like, a drafting mode or something like that, but I, I don't know. So far, I've been enjoying it. I've just been mostly playing against the AI and trying to figure out, like, what would be a deck that works. Because you go into the game and, you're like, this is strange. I have no idea what I'm doing deck building-wise. And then you start figuring out, okay, well... Maybe I need to, what about if I have a deck that draws a lot of cards and then plays a card based on my hand size that does damage to the opponent, you know? That's a simple simple kind of combo. Then start to build mm -hmm. it around that. You can make a pirate deck in that game. I noticed there's a lot of pirate cards where you add, like, cannonballs to your deck and then every time you play a cannonball, okay. you do all sorts of other shit. It's like, huh, so it's uh, interesting. This is not what I expected. So yeah. I'm actually digging it quite a lot so far. This looks super cool. I yeah. really want. Neat idea. Really you should give it a try. Give it a try. Yeah, it, it it's it's just good to see a CCG that's not just aping Hearthstone. You know, right? Yeah, something completely yeah. different. Runescape. 
runes yeah it's called uh chronicle runescape legends and it's on steam and it's free all right yeah i don't know how the business model is i mean i bought those they had a starter pack which was like seven bucks it's like this is enough currency for 12 packs i'm like okay i guess i'll get that and see where i go from there yeah and you can obviously earn stuff in game and as you level up you also get cards like hearthstone where it's like you get all of the sort of basic mage cards as you level up and stuff so mm. I, I don't know how scammy it'll end up being. Who knows? But so far, I've actually had a good amount of time with it, and it's, it's really interesting. Too. Yeah, it has. So yeah. that's neat. Let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the games that we've been playing this week. Our sponsor for this week is of course Squarespace.com/slash/cooptional. Get ten percent off your first order. Squarespace.com/slash/cooptional. I have a brand new ad. I'm gonna give credit to Jen for this. She came up with the idea for it as I was. Uh, I had no ideas. I gotta be honest. I'm like, fuck. I, I've done everything. There's no other ad that can possibly exist. Turns out, no. We've came up with another one. It's all about roasting Jesse Cox. We're gonna do that. And when we come back after the break, <laughs> as we make money from his misery, uh, we'll bring you some more games. You're watching the Crushable Podcast. Do not go anywhere. That's my life. You don't have one of those. What? John? Yes? Where's Jesse? Well, if I know, do I look like his babysitter? Isn't that basically what you've been doing for the last five years? That's besides the point. I have absolutely no idea. He hasn't shown up to the show in weeks. He has sponsor obligations. You can't just have a pillar of the show disappear for weeks on end like that. Is it really fair to call him a pillar? Pillars are reliable, strong, supportive things. He's more, I don't know, Velcro. Sticky, noisy, and fond of hooking? Sticky. Especially sticky. Well, honestly, I have no idea. We need him back, otherwise we're going to default on these contracts. You have to do something about this. Hmm. Well, I could use traditional forms of communication, such as email, Skype, or text. Or alternatively, we could assume the worst and put out a missing persons report on a website we created using Squarespace. Isn't that unnecessarily complicated and an incredibly contrived use of our sponsor service? Contrived? Absolutely! Complicated? No way! Squarespace lets you build a website for whatever you'd like with absolutely no experience required. What you see is what you get, with incredibly powerful yet simple to use design tools and integrated functionality such as e-commerce that can get you up and running in just minutes. Alright, let's put this thing together. So. First things first, we head over to squarespace.com slash cooptional and get 10% off our first order. The less money I have to spend looking for Jesse, the better. Okay, secondly, we need to fill in some details. Height, six foot two. Uh, weight, plenty. Eyes, dead. Last seen, England turning his nose up at a carvery dinner like the heathen Yankee scum that he is. Personality traits, loud. Obnoxious, will promote anything for money, never shows up to shows on time. Phobias, Final Fantasy XIII, a regular work schedule, pomegranates, sharks, and large mug collections. Immediate family, avoiding him wherever possible. Reward, well, huh. I mean, we kind of need him, but we don't want to spend a lot of money. So I guess 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash co-optional. That sounds totally fair. All right, there we go. And done. Don't you need a photo as well? I had Chris work up this artist's impression. Surprisingly lifelike. I thought so. Squarespace, create a website for whatever ridiculous reason you'd like. Galleries, portfolios, resumes, blogs, storefronts, international manhunts. Let's be honest, you're nothing without a website. 
force the world to acknowledge your existence with an awesome looking website from squarespace.com slash co-optional. Squarespace, you should stay at least 10 feet away from the cocks at all times. If you see the cocks, do not approach him. Report him immediately to your local internet police. The cocks may be dangerous. The cocks may be hungry. The cocks may be both of those things. In which case, run for your life and don't look back. Also, get a damn website on Squarespace. You should. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. We're looking up Overwatch stats. Yeah. yeah. My junk rat is There's just a website called masteroverwatch.com where you can see your ranking in the world. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know that existed. In a few yeah, seconds, can... it won't be after everyone crashes it, but... You can see your win-loss ratio. You can see all of your stats averages per game, your best and your worst. Seriously. Yeah, and then uh, 2.34 KD on Anzo ranking in the world, dude. That's a really good KD, Krender. Yeah, <laughs> on Hanzo? Well, it's Hanzo. I mean, you don't really have to do anything other than sort of aim towards the sky and click a bit. Which KD, KD Hanzo? Roadhog is pretty great. Reaper. What? what? <laughs> it, I like. I just kind of completely ignored him. That was great. What? Yeah. Dude, I got a 3.22 KD on Junkrat. I actually don't know what my battle tag is, so I can't look it up. better than mine. What is my battle tag? <laughs> I feel like um changing my shit. What's that called? You're like, you're like cursor point. What's that called? The crosshair. 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 Yeah. <laughs> changing my crosshair has helped me aim like a lot. Uh, because I don't think I don't think Sam or I even knew that you could change the crosshair until we were talking with JP about it because JP changed his to hot pink and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with your crosshair? <laughs> and uh, and he was like, oh yeah, I changed it because like this is what I'm used to. And I was playing on stream and chat was like, you should try changing it to green. So I tried changing it to green and I like, I feel like I'm so much more aware of where I'm aiming now. Whoa. No, there are all kinds of options for changing your crosshair in Overwatch. I haven't fucked with that yet. Probably would be a good idea. I'm looking at another site because the rest of you just crashed the site, so... <laughs> of course. Oops, whoops. Oops. The panel is that there's several of these sites that can pull this data. I wonder where they get... Blizzard must have an API for this. Probably. Because otherwise, can... how would they pull this data? You can link your Bounty account to the site, so I guess they're working in partnership with them. Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be. Everybody's sick. like, "We did it! We crashed it!" Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I can't get any of my data at all. So, like, all right, I'm probably not missing <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I don't want to keep track of my stats too much in that game. Nice. I, I nice. almost only play solo. We we played a couple of rounds yesterday, and that went pretty well until Cry joined yeah. us and ruined everything. <laughs> Typical. Typical Cry. Typical. It, what annoys me about that game, I think, is that you want to play with a group of your friends, but if you play a full team, you're going to be matched up against actual teams yeah. that know what they're doing, and then you just get fucked. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like that's the the tale as old as time in this game now is that oh, I'm playing with one other friend, we're having such a good time. I'm playing with two other friends, we're having such a good time, and then the second a fourth person joins, I don't know what happens. Like, once you have four or more people, suddenly it's like, well, you just got fucked, so... You just look up and you're against a team of rank 80s, and you're just like, oh... Yeah, like, what happened? 
Yeah. So apparently my KDA with Torbjorn is 12. <laughs> oh, God wow. damn it. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't even like playing him. He's boring as shit. He's so he boring. boring. Yeah. I like how we were going to discuss Overwatch and then I just fucking destroyed <laughs> you were gonna. It was going to happen anyway. One of you was yeah. fastest was going to bring it up. didn't want to start off with it, right? No, because I think it's massively over-discussed and there's like, there's not even a huge amount we can talk about it. We, we talked about all this shit months ago because, I mean, really, the game hasn't actually changed at all. Yeah. That's what's weird, I think, about the beta is that they, like, they took off competitive mode, yeah. like the ranked mode. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's the biggest thing that they've done to show that they're even taking critique into account is like oh there was a lot of critique for this competitive mode let's take it out and and work on it a bit uh -huh. um but for the most part everything's been the same for like the whole yeah. beta <laughs> they've just added in new stuff i actually whatever. think uh the like play of the game has gotten worse yeah really <laughs> like now there's like plays of the game it's like it shows like a person dead and then they come back alive and kill like one person. I'm like, wait, what? Play the game. I have noticed that happen a couple of times where it's like, ah, oh, I shot one dude and then I like shot one other dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I know one of them was like mercy resing people and then it like, she started the res and it just cut it off. I was like, cut off the, the play. You cut it off. <laughs> it must well, be some blizzard spaghetti code or some shit. With Mercies, sorry. Oh, honey. I was gonna say with Mercies too. If it's a, I've seen a play of the game with a Mercy where she res one person, and I was like, play the game. And I was like, really? <laughs> well, like maybe they were like saving the the point at like a crucial moment or something. Maybe, maybe. But it's like, that's not clear. You know yeah. whether or not it's oh you did something really good for the objective. Versus, oh, you saved a lot of people or you killed a lot of people. It's not always clear, like, why they got it. I think that's what, like, I don't remember them doing that in the beta. So I think they tried to add that into the current game. And that's what mm -hmm. messed it up. Yeah, because like, yeah, Mercy like, never used support. to get it for obvious reasons. Yeah. It was always... But ultimately, you also still can't have an incredible play every single match. So people are like, oh, Bastion got it for killing five people. Yeah, he killed five people. <laughs> that's that's a pretty big deal. Like, but it was Bastion, and Bastion doesn't require as much skill as everybody else. Dude, it's an automated play of the game system. It's not a fucking ten point panel of international judges. You know. <laughs> well, the best bit is that like you get your own play of the game, and it goes into your highlights folder, and then no one just watches their own play of the game. You could just go and watch your own personal play of the game and be satisfied, but they're not. Yeah. No one else saw it. <laughs> well, people got to find a way to be salty about everything, you know. Have you guys watched any competitive Overwatch? I watched a bit. Uh, it's a getting bit. a bit easier to watch, but it's still a nightmare without like you know, proper third-person cameras and the kind of things that CS:GO has to make it much, yeah. much easier to watch with the kind of player health outlines and stuff. Like none of that's there, and I feel like until all of that stuff is there, it's going to be difficult to really push the competitive scene. It is getting. Mm. I was surprised by how much viewership it's getting on Twitch. Yeah, it's doing. Yeah, it's, it is on both Twitch and YouTube. It's getting pretty good numbers. Yeah. yeah, because strangely enough, when we were playing in the beta, no one gave a fuck. Like, but as it turns mm -hmm. out, people want to play a lot of Overwatch. They also want to watch a lot of Overwatch as well. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like in the camp of they need to um, take measures to prevent hero stacking because it's making compare for me shit. Uh -huh. Like I am not enjoying it yeah like i watched yesterday 
Um, and all the games were, the meta now is to have two or three McCrees in a team. So you have a healer, a tank, and then two or three McCrees. Yeah. Because he's so good. And then, <laughs> and then occasionally people would run six tracers. This is like <laughs> incompetitive. Like with like $25,000 on the line and they're running either three McCrees or six tracers. And you're like, huh? <laughs> 21 heroes. And they're running six tracers or three McCrees. <laughs> too much. Like two max, like maybe even one. I don't know. I mean, it's, I imagine they're going to have to figure out what a format is, you know? And these tournaments yeah, are going to start yeah. to enforce shit. Like, no, you can't have more than one of this or more than two of this. Yeah, you mm. got Because it's reaching a point where, like, you can't... You can, the only way you can beat a hero stack is to counter that hero stack with another hero stack. Yeah. Like, if there's, like, multiple McCrees, you have to have multiple of something that stops McCree. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So, like, the only way to beat stacking is to stack more. So it's just like, huh? It, like, doesn't... It kind of kills it for me. That was a little silly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think make... two would be good. I, w I wouldn't limit it to one, but I'd definitely limit it to two. Yeah. yeah. I think two is good, but yeah, sometimes it gets a little bit out of control. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't want to talk about, too much like, about changing. balance because I feel like no one is like good enough to really talk balance. Like yeah, the vast sure. majority outside of like the pro mm -hmm. guys and even the pros haven't been playing that long. You know, they've had the beta mm -hmm. experience, but That's we don't really know how things are going to play out. And the, the, I don't know, I always, I always feel so dumb talking about the meta, but like, it's, it's, you know, it's still being formed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just from my, from my enjoyment watching, like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to see three McCrees against three McCrees. Like I like Overwatch for the diversity it has. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We'll, we'll I agree. We'll see how it, how, how it turns out. And, Someone made a great point in the chat, actually, about the the increase in viewership, that it's not actually that easy a game to watch. And as a result, if you've played it, it makes it a lot, e a lot easier to watch. Whereas yeah. something like Hearthstone mm -hmm. was popular for viewership, very popular in its beta, and continued to be popular. And now it's like, all right, well, Overwatch was not popular to watch during the beta, but now it's popular to watch because people have the game on hand, so they kind of understand what's going on, and they, can, they have a better viewer experience. I think it's not only that, it's it's also, I'm really enjoying this game and I want to see streamers that I like enjoying yeah. the game too. So what I've noticed is a lot of people, if I'm playing Overwatch, will be like, I'm also playing Overwatch and I have you. Like, I'm, I'm watching you, yeah. but I'm also playing the game. Yes. Like, there's kind of like a companionship aspect to it now that it's available to everybody. Almost works like that with sports where it's like, people are into a certain sport because they play it a lot, so they want to watch it as well. It's like, mm -hmm. I play basketball, so I like watching basketball too. And it's right. like it's like that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I have just really loved watching people post play of the games, though, that are just bullshit. <laughs> They're just like, look <laughs> at my really good play of the game, guys. <laughs> and they do the emote after. Yeah. We were playing the, uh, I was playing the arcade mode with Crendor. And um, 75% reduced cooldowns. Yeah. And so we would just uh, stack uh, Reinhardt and just like shoulder shit. charge. It's like constantly off cooldowns. So it's just sho we're just shoulder charging everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's so fun. On the King of the Hill map, uh, I can't remember which one it is, what it's called, but it's the one where there's like the base in the center and then two 
staircases and then the rest is just open air right mm-hmm. um i saw a play of the game that was awesome that was listed as somebody please nerf lucio and it was all reinhardt's with their shields up like all back to back and then lucio just came in and did his blast out and knocks them all off the sides at the same time it was really funny. <laughs> yes moments like that are really funny when i'm not playing it <laughs> if i was playing i'd be like this is so <laughs> <laughs> is it Elios? I thought it was Nepal. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, I like Elios more, I think. Yeah. Nepal's kind of. I don't know. Actually, King of the Hill maps in general, I don't really like. I prefer the like push in the cart. They've grown mm. on me. I don't know. I'm, I've, I've started just like accepting them as part of the rotation of games that I'm going to play. So. Mm-hmm. But I every single time I'm on that map, I either play on a on a King of the Hill map. I'm either playing Lucio or I'm playing Junkrat, because they're both just really good for capture the point maps. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the world's biggest fan of any of the game modes. I'm gonna be honest, like that. There's just like a, d- a distinct lack of originality in any of them. Yeah, and it would be really nice to see them do something a bit different as to what I couldn't really say, but yeah. it's. I mean, it's it's as boring a set of game modes as you get in a game. Like, there's not even they didn't even try to make anything interesting about it, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Because let's be honest, like the game is defined not by the mode but by the heroes. You know, that's mm. what makes each game different. But simultaneously, I would have just liked to see something a little bit more interesting, a little bit more innovative. I remember in that when we first got in the beta, and I said this, mm-hmm. and Jesse like lost his mind, being like, "Look." These game modes are tried and true, tested game modes, and we know that they work. And if you want to just like fuck up the balance of the game, sure, do something weird. And I was like, whoa. And it feels good. It feels good now to see lots of people being like, I would love to see some, you know, some more innovative game modes. I'm like, thank you. I honestly yeah. feel like the reason they're holding out on any new maps is because they're saving them for another game mode. Maybe. Maybe. Because it seems to be like three is kind of like, like you've got six payload or whatever, then you've got three cat. Like three kind of seems like the number for a specific game type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost suffers from the MMORPG syndrome of like, this works, so we'll do it. But it's like, another game does it better. And they're like, but we also have a questing system that allows you to like embrace the environment and really just experience questing like it's it's like all they did is like remove the little like quest npc guy and it just pops up in the zone like you have a quest it's like the same type of thing i feel like that's what they would do with game modes like it's not capture the flag it's capture the glowy orb that zaps you every once like they're just gonna take it and make it like slightly different but not really different Mm. A lot of it, I think, comes down to the fact that I don't think complex game modes do very well. Yeah. We've seen a lot of games that are based on complex game modes not really working out. And obviously the most recent example kind of being Battleborn. It's got some more complex game modes, it's got some more interesting game modes that aren't done very often. And for people like us, I think, who've played a shitload of multiplayer games and want something different, that's great. But for your average kind of Joe gamer, they don't want a game mode that's intimidating that they have to pay attention to a lot of different things that it's hard to learn. Mm-hmm. They just want to be able to get in and feel like they've quickly mastered the game mode and then they can go on to mastering the characters. Because it's almost like a double difficulty wall. 
You've got to get yeah. over the fact that the mode is tricky, but also the fact that the character you're playing is tricky, and that can make it a bit intimidating to some people, maybe. Yeah. Shit, dude. Need more Zaya yeah. skins. <laughs> yeah, Battleborn. That yeah. was a game. So need more Zaya skins? <laughs> need more Zaya skins, man. Yeah. Their new hero is out or has been announced. Alani. He's out. Yeah. yeah. They had a 40% off sale already on that game. So mm. it's evidently not doing brilliantly. It's still doing yeah. well enough to get a game. Yeah, I think there's an there's an interesting idea about games that if they're not if they don't have hundreds of thousands of concurrent players, then it's like, that game's dead! It's dead! <laughs> it's, it's not it's not dead, like it's you can it's get a game not. real easy. Like this, it's fine right now. Yeah, it's 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 alright. It's dead. No, it's no, it's there's, there's thousands of people playing. It's that's enough to get games. There's no problem. It, World of Warcraft has five million people. It's dead. Dead. They used to have ten million. <laughs> dead. It's it's a. It, I mean, I half of me says it's reasonable to be a little bit wary of a game that has a falling population because, like, well, I'm buying mm. into something that may not be around. For that much yeah. longer, but or simultaneously, support that I want. Yeah, but simultaneously though, it's like they have a clear content plan for that game. They have a clear development plan for it, and yeah, they have five, five, five content packs. Yeah, heroes that are going to be coming out over time and stuff. They've already released the what the second yeah. one looks like. I can't remember his name, but he's like a snake dude in sneakers. So yeah, well, Battleborn would... is like okay. I don't know. It's kind of like a game. I like playing with a few other people, like, but I could play a lot of games with friends, like. So it's uh. like it's it's like not that high on the play with friends list. Yeah, it's only on the play with friends list. It's not on the play <laughs> yeah. list. Yeah, so there has to be like some kind of weird event happen where like every game you like is down. <laughs> it's the one that you, it's, like, the, it's the rebound play. game it's the one you settle for at the end of the night yeah. after being rejected <laughs> yeah, sure. times? that's what it's become for me wow yeah. Huh. yeah i also just i don't i don't understand how they made such a mistake with the effects in that game they still haven't fixed that i know and literally yeah, everyone when, has been telling them for months it's like this is when they keep saying they're hard going to, to watch they tweeted me saying they were gonna fix it yeah, but the thing is, like, will it be too, you know, will it be a little bit too late? Yeah. There's always the possibility for revivals in games like this, but simultaneously, there, there can be a very prevailing attitude amongst uh, the more vocal side of gamers, you know, on forums and subreddits and things like that, where they'll become, like, it's cool to say that this game is dead or this game is, like, it's fucked beyond belief. Uh, it was a recent thing with um, Payday 2, where they've removed all the microtransactions, apparently. Yeah, and I feel like I've covered this topic before, but a bunch of people respond to that by saying "too little, too late." I was like, "There's no such thing as that in 2016 for video games." Yeah, this is not the console era where a game comes out on a cartridge and it's fucked. Yeah, and then that's it. You can't do anything about that. No, a game can totally fix itself. Isn't that the point of patches? Isn't it? Well, and that's and that's why uh, a couple of weeks back when we were talking about the new way that Steam does reviews. We were yeah, like, Thank it's God, valuable. Yeah, because that's so valuable now with the way that games work. Like yeah. the way that people felt about a game when it first came out could be completely different to how people feel about a game right now. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing stopping like, even if you don't get a community revival, a lot of people seem to vastly overestimate the number of people you actually need to play a game like this. Uh, people yeah. are like Payday Two dead, 
It's got 10,000 <laughs> concurrent <laughs> players. I said, like, yeah, but at one point it had 81,000. It's dead. It's like, that, that was a fr- one. That was a free weekend. Your angry gamer voice is maybe my favorite thing <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, it's my new kind of pet peeve. It, it's been my pet peeve for a while that people like, they'll just write a game off completely if it doesn't have 5 billion players currently playing right now. It's like, did I still play Awesome Nauts? You want to know how many like concurrence Awesome Nauts has? 581. It's dead. No, it's not. It's easy to find a game. You only need need six six people people to play that game. And you're one of them. 600 people online is enough. It's not like you can't find a game. You can still play. Mm-hmm. What does it matter to me if there's five million people playing Overwatch? I'm only going to be matched with nine of them every time. <laughs> I'm a fuck with so many dead. people. TB, it's dead. Uh, it's dead. It- They're gonna stop updating it. They're gonna take down the servers. It's dead. It's over. I mean, it's like Cube World. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, Cube was never alive. Let's be honest. It's like half of me does understand the concern, you know, especially when you're buying into a game that's either primarily or completely multiplayer, right? I get it. You don't want to spend money on something that you're not going to be able to play properly later on. But that's every game ever, for one thing, when it comes to multiplayer mode. Eventually, there's either going to be nobody to play with or there's going to be no service. Eventually, you know, games have a bit of a shelf life. Usually it's quite long. Usually it's a pretty damn long shelf life, but they have one nonetheless. But secondly, the idea that the only game that people will ever buy into is one that's already super mega huge popular, uh, that people are never willing to take even the slightest risk. Yeah. And it's almost like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Because people are like, oh, I'm not going to buy a copy of this game because there aren't enough players. Well, there's not enough players because you're not buying the game. (laughs) Like, come play. Uh, Not to mention the fact that people, again, will write off a game and they'll never come back to it and say, well, that game's dead now. There's no way for it to ever come back. Like, sure there is. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Cube World, Kendall, because the dev's been, like, doing shitloads of uh, content patch updates and they're going to bring out this huge patch and I guarantee... I'm going to play it again. I guarantee everyone plays it again. (laughs) I mean, I own it, so... He, like, disappeared for the longest time. Yeah. And then started coming back out of nowhere and was like, here's what I've been working on. I think you're right, Sam. I think that no, people are going to be like... So entitled. Like, he made them a game, he sold it, and then he like was like, cool, I'm going to just fucking chill for two years because I spent five years making this game. And it was like, where's our fucking content? It's like, there was never any content promised. You bought what? a paid alpha. This is your <laughs> fault. <laughs> it really is. It... If you're going to buy a game in such an incomplete state, don't fucking complain when it's incomplete. Dude, it was like, even though it's incomplete, I put like 40 hours in that game and had a blast. And there was enough content for 40 hours of playing that game. But dude, I paid $15 for this game. I expect 500 hours of gameplay. (laughs) I want to never be bored ever if I spent any amount of money. Fuck you, you feel differently. <laughs> you must develop this game for all time. But simultaneously, I'm not willing to support your game if you fix it later and then, you know, as a result, it's like, oh, maybe you should give it another try. No, it's dead. We killed it a year ago. We're never coming back. That annoys me a lot because doesn't that just encourage devs just to abandon games? It's like, oh, well, yeah. okay, we released the game. We made some mistakes. We're going to fix it. We've got a new content patch. All right, cool. All the, all the problems are fixed now. It's like, too little, too late. Not coming back. Or not buying now. It's like, okay, well, why do we bother okay. then? Yeah. 
Well, we just abandon our games and go on the next one then, because you fuckers will pre-order and buy it anyway. So at least we get your money then. Rust got super revamped. Now it's pretty popular. Now it's great. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah. I just, I would like people just to take into account that games can change now and games can be fixed and games can be updated. And as a result, maybe we shouldn't be calling, you know, games like that dead or say things like too little too late. I think that's a really uh, counterproductive attitude from people. Diablo 3 is another good example. Yeah, that game's way better than it was on launch. Yeah. Yeah. Did people write that off? Well, I assume some people did. I assume they Mm -hmm. did. And you know what? That's their, like, you know, they're bad because they are the ones who didn't benefit from the fact that Blizzard did go back and make that game a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the only time that I would say, like, man, guys, if only you had nailed this on the first try, is if somebody makes a game and then they kind of bork it and then another company goes, oh, we know how to make this correctly. (laughs) And then... You know, then they, they make their version of that they game. They make and a it... better product before the first company can. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. You know, and that's definitely also a very real problem that can happen. But I don't think that saying mm. I'm not even gonna bother trying your game again, even though I bought it and got this update for free. It's like why not? Just <laughs> acknowledge that they put in the work and just try it out. I don't know. Maybe it's great. Daisy's new patch like came out yesterday, I think, on stable. Uh, or is about to come out unstable, and it just changes the game. Like everyone who's hated Daisy for years is like, "All right, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. I have 120 FPS." Just like they've just this patch has changed everyone's perception of this game overnight. What else did they do? So they like made the frame rate and everything work. But, like, what else? Oh, I like. I don't really know. They've just like. They took the the frame rate used to be like fucking ten, and now it's like one twenty, and so just that alone has like changed everyone's experience playing. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't get like uh, lag when shooting other people, that kind of stuff. Like everyone's just enjoying it way more. I'm watching streams, and they're like, there's like five thousand people watching a Daisy stream, and that hasn't happened in you know six months because of this one patch. So. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's good to see that that can happen. So I think the impression that you can get from you know, forums and things like that is that people are willing to write a game off and then just regardless of what it does, they're never going to forgive it for uh, some yeah. kind of perceived mm-hmm. transgression. And I hate that attitude, I really me. do. I hate you it made so- a game that didn't suit my <laughs> sensibility and I feel wronged. Yeah, and as a, I mean, I think people get spiteful about it too. I think they get like, very vindictive like if a game comes out and someone really hates it and they were anticipating it or whatever they will become a guy that is doing the internet equivalent of standing outside with a sign that said this game ate my baby and it comes out day after day week after week they become like the anti-evangelist like they will not shut up about how this game wronged them or whatever make and pamphlets I, it, yeah pamphlet. pretty much <laughs> like they, they become preachers. They become like zealots about how much they, they've been wronged by this product. And it sucks when a game doesn't turn out to be what you want. I get that. But at that point, isn't it more productive to go play something else? And if the game happens to fix itself, come on back and try it again. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Let's not, let's not write things off so easily. I think it, 
Uh, you end up with a lot of games that could have ended up being great falling by the wayside because of that attitude. And I know it's a competition for everybody's limited time and money. And there's so many games coming out now that it's understandable that people were just like, you know what, I don't give a fuck about this game anymore. You've had your chance. I'm done. But at that point, don't turn around and say, well, oh, why aren't there any good games out? It's like, there is. This one fixed itself like two years ago. Why don't you go play that? No. No. Too little, too late. It's like, no, it's better now. Come play. Please. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. They fixed it. It must suck for a developer to feel like, oh, so we, we did everything you asked for. And then people are like, nah. That must, that must feel terrible. I think you guys are right, too. Diablo 3 is such a good example of that. Because even now, like, when uh, when all of us were streaming it, like, they're on, what, season six? When yeah. all of us were streaming it, people would be like, is this game not shit anymore? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Probably is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think there's just an inundation of games that sometimes people are like, I only have so much time for so many games. I found one that I like. So that one over there gave me a bad impression at the start and I'm I'm moving on, right? There's new there's new grass over here. You do only get one launch. You know? Yeah. That is true. And people should be very careful to make sure their launch goes well. But I think we are in an era where the launch doesn't have to determine how good the game is. And as a result, mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with going back to a game that didn't launch very well a few years later and finding out actually it's mo a lot better now. Yeah. Um, it's a good way to game, too. Saves you a lot of money because those games are usually a lot cheaper by then. I think, okay, so I uh, another game that I played is Shopkeep. Ah, I yeah. That game. It's, uh, I wanted to try it out because it looked like kind of a weird first-person version of Reketeer. Yes. Uh, tell me about that game, because I could not figure out for the life of me what the fuck that is. So, all of the reviews... <laughs> a lot of the reviews that are positive are when it was in Early Access. Um, it's come out of Early Access now, so mm -hmm. I gave it a try. And I, I honestly think it should have stayed in Early Access a little bit longer, mm -hmm. because the tutorial is... I'm so sorry, devs. The tutorial is garbage. Like, I tried playing this game and spent the first hour so confused. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, it tries to explain to you what to do, but in a way that is so difficult to deconstruct, right? The way that the game works is um, you're first person. You have your shop. You have your, like, home and you have your shop and you can swap between the two whenever you want. Um, you can order in items to sell and you have to like decorate your shop and put things up for people to buy and you can expand your shop and eventually you can go on adventures and things. So you have like four different modes. You have your, I'm the shopkeeper right now mode. You have your, I need to clean or fix things mode, which is like you have a broom so that you can clean your shop and you have a hammer so that you can fix things that are in your shop because eventually yeah. they have wear and tear um your third mode is uh placing items uh so like putting down tables and and like things to put your items on for display uh and then your fourth mode is your battle mode and you have like a sword and you have magic um so i i'm gonna be real with you i spent a half an hour 
I spent half an hour in that game trying to figure out how to change the price of an item. And when you go into the tutorial, it's like, you should change the price of your item so you make a profit. And I was like, thanks. I get, yes, I, I know. <laughs> but like it never, nowhere in the tutorial does it explain to you how to do things. It's just like, hey, here's some like, like think about this strategy, right? Like, oh, you should try doing this. And I'm like, no, I understand. I would love to do that if I could fucking figure out how to do that. And a lot of the reviews are saying, man, this game gets very addictive once you figure it out. Like once you figure out how to play, it becomes very addictive, very, very fun. Um, and I can see that potential there. I like the way that it looks. Um, I like the idea of just having a blank canvas and being like, decorate your shop however you want, put shit everywhere, hawk up the price. It's got the same uh, racketeer mechanic of being like, okay, so what sort of items do people want right now? What's in high demand? You know, thinking about that sort of a thing. But holy shit. The tutorial is bad. It's garbage. Like I can't figure out how to do things very easily at all. And so it seems like the curve for getting into the game and actually being able to play it is really, it's like, it's steep. Mm. <laughs> so that's a, that's a little unfortunate. If they revamped the tutorial and made it so that it was much more clear and it actually explained the game to you, I think that it would be great. Right. right now, I just, fuck, I spent so long being like, how the fuck do I change the price? Guess what? I never figured it out. <laughs> I never figured it out. So you I think that would be a pretty important feature to teach you? It is. I would buy like a, I would buy a health potion for 10 bucks and I would put it out there. It would be like, here, plop it on the thing. I'd plop it on the thing. That was very obvious. They made that very, very clear. And then I'd be like, Great, somebody bought it for ten, so I made no profit. <laughs> I could not, couldn't figure it out. So, um, yeah, I would love it if they would change the tutorial of that game. But it seems like, like that must have been feedback they got, right? They were in early access for enough time that that must have been feed. Like somebody <laughs> must have been like, your tutorial is garbage. You should really hmm. revamp this. <laughs> yeah. Like. I don't know. It seems like a game that came out of early access too early. And that sounds like it'd be like a tycoon game. <laughs> yeah. In a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And much no, I mean, like there's been a few games that have tried that. Not None of them have done a great job, you know. I'd say Racketeer is a great game, but simultaneously, half of that game is actually RPG dungeon crawling, you know. It's not yeah. actually the, the shop management element of it. Totally. Um. I just feel like much like with the No Man's Sky whining. Um, oh, well, we're going to get onto that in, in the news, but we could talk about it now if you like. It's No, it's, it's fine. Uh, just like just touching on it briefly for mm. so that everybody can wait with bated breath for the new mm -hmm. section of this show. It's a teaser is what it is. It's a teaser, yeah. yes. I would much rather wait for a game to be good <laughs> than sit around <laughs> wasting my time complaining about it taking forever to come out and like be officially released you know yeah. i think half of the problem with that though is the early access model that yeah once you put it out there and people get a taste they really want more mm -hmm. and it's hard to resist i deliberately go out of my way not to play most of these early access games for stuff that looks really cool because i think i'll burn out on it and i often do you know i it was a darkest dungeon i stopped myself at what 10 hours into the early access build because I'm like, this game's going to be great when it's done. 
I gotta yeah. stop. I'm gonna stop now because this is gonna ruin my enjoyment of it once it comes out. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a lesser experience. So I think early access as a model is fatally flawed for the most part, outside of maybe competitive multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. I think it's generally I think a bad idea. It's either, yeah, it's either really easy for people to get burned out on a game before it has its official launch, or it's really easy for a game to just mm. sit in early access forever. <laughs> yeah, very true. I, and it's, it definitely looks like Shopkeepy is one of those games that... So, well, when do we release it? I don't know. I guess we'll... At one some day. point. Because ultimately, when you hit that release button, that's when you get your front page spot most of the time on Steam. So, yeah. you know, they want to sell a bunch more copies. I imagine they did. Now, if we look up Shopkeep on Steam charts, there was probably a spike when it launched. Surprisingly enough, not a huge one, but there was a little bit of one. Yeah, I see the spike right there. Not a big one. It's not not especially popular. Kind of the game. opposite to you guys. I play a lot of early access, but yeah, that is people get to see it before they pay money for it. Yeah. The question is in what state though, because I think if you want to, let's say I take Killing Floor Two as an example. That that's a game that once it's done, completely done, it's probably going to be fucking phenomenal. And the early access build was a really great start. But simultaneously, people see a very limited game with not that many classes, not that many abilities, not that many guns, not that many maps, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I mean, yeah, that might be great, but by the time it actually comes out, have you managed to maintain people's interests? Will they even remember? You know, is it good to mm. see it in that state? Yeah. Hard to say. I think certain genres do better in early access like the survival genre is pretty survival like genre works yeah really well that's like it. it works really well but none like, of them are ever gonna be finished spoiler <laughs> not uh, a single Ark, one of them Ark's gonna be finished yeah that's what they say i i think it's pretty much nearly done they've been arc i feel like out of all of them has been consistently adding more and more and more and more yeah. cool stuff over time arc's pretty consistent yeah mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like that's probably the best genre for early access, and then everything else is kind of riskier. Yeah. yeah. So what benefit did Killing Floor 2 have going into early access? Because that version is literally just a lesser version of what the final thing will be. There's, yeah. there's no benefit. You're, just, you're buying into an incomplete product, and I just feel like it wears down people's enthusiasm for the final product. Yeah. But I understand why they do it, you know? They need money for development. That's, that's why the business model exists. It's, it's not a pro-consumer business model, folks. A pro tip. It's not designed for you. It's not good for you. It's good for them. Yeah. They get to get a uh, flow of income while they're building the game. Mm. That's a good thing for them, but not so much for you. I mean, it's a, it's a payment method that's existed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I have a couple of different artist friends who are putting out art books, and people would buy the book before it had come out to like help them publish it. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's an idea that's existed before, but it's still like, you don't know what you're going to wind up getting necessarily. <laughs> you're yeah. You're buying into something that isn't finished. I mean, so. I think the question with like that model is do those people get to see the book before it's done? Mm. Cause if not, then I think with uh, early access games, you're almost, you're ruining the experience for yourself. I think a lot of the time, yeah. by buying it, buying into it way too early, and right. I was like, "Well, that's great. You know, you get you get to play early, you get a, get a taste of it. Yeah, but um, I 
maybe it's too old school an attitude, but I like the idea of buying a game on launch, it being done, and it presenting everything that it was intended to present and experiencing the whole lot at once. Mm-hmm. I, f I feel like the, not to go back to Overwatch, but just because it's on topic, I feel like um, the whole conversation of Overwatch being a game that you buy and you just get everything versus a free-to-play game where you have to buy aspects of it. Um, I feel like that's been an argument between two different generations of gamers that can't really see eye to eye at this point. Mm. Like there's so many people who have just grown up with this like kind of free to play weird microtransaction model and they're like totally cool with it. And then there's the rest of us who are like, I, I would prefer to just like buy a game and have it be done and then play it <laughs> and get all the things yeah. i get everything yeah well we're growing up with a generation of people that can't play a game unless it has a giant progression system in it so it's like well what what's the point in playing it if you don't get a thing at the end <laughs> I, I mean i how about you play it to play it isn't the whole point no, to have fun to enjoy yourself one game of personality is maybe my favorite personality <laughs> <laughs> definitely is but they, they've They've also been kind of groomed into that, right? Because yes. companies sat around for years saying, okay, how do we make it so that people continue to play our game? Ah, progression systems. <laughs> and now they're, they're so normalized that everybody wants kind of like a, you did it, now try again so that you get this other cool thing and then do more so you get this other cool thing. I feel like League of Legends acted as the catalyst for like the free to play model to really like blossom because that was the first like huge success of people being like oh shit this is a free game and yet they're making like hundreds from every person because they're just buying shit and that yeah. was like and i feel like that was the biggest solely for core you know i mean free to play had been a big thing for shit like farmville for ages but for core games mm -hmm. yeah yeah free to play games. definitely set set that up and but it was also you know there's the premium model of unlocks as well you know, someone in the chat who I want to slap around for being so stupid <laughs> is like, oh, oh, really? You get everything in the box? Oh, uh, so those like $50 cosmetic unlock boxes, they're not real, right? One, the cosmetics God, are you are dumb. <laughs> God, you are stupid. You, you are dumb. So dumb. You realize, like, we've been doing uh, progression, we've been doing unlocks for like 10 fucking years. Just because there is an unlock in the game doesn't mean you don't get everything in the box. That just means it takes more time to get it. Cosmetics don't even... Uh, Cosmetics like, don't fucking matter! They don't matter. At all. It drives me nuts that people are like, oh, the, oh I, I paid money up front for a game, which means under no circumstances can you ever sell me anything again. Anything. <laughs> Everything must be free from here on in. Like, right, I, if you're talking about real content, I get your point. There shouldn't be section that off. You're talking about cosmetic unlocks, which you will eventually get over time for free, or you have the opportunity to spend a little bit of money to get them quicker. Yeah. Uh, they're cosmetic unlocks. What? How is that it's not literally the most fair way to do it. It's like, literally the most fair most way to monetize the game. Yeah. Literally, like there's, blast, there's no better way to do it. And here's the thing. Like, if you want to say, oh, well, you should not charge for anything. Fuck you. I want that skin now. I don't want to play. Uh, I want to fucking play for 100 hours to get that skin. I want it now. And I got the money to pay for it. Why the fuck should I be able to pay for it? This is a situation where you're accommodating people who have nothing but time to play this game, and you're accommodating people that 
work and earn money and don't have as much time to play this game. Exactly. You can enjoy the same things that the other people can enjoy by like investing some of that money they earned to like cut a corner. It's just, it's like balancing the game by offering this service. It's, you guys, it's consumer uh, friendly. It is like the ability to skip that. Like if it was shit that was actually affected the game, maybe it'd have a point, but it doesn't. Have they, um, in competitive mode for Overwatch, have they limited the skins you can use? Do you have to use the basic skin? I don't know. I mean, competitive mode's not even in right now, right? Everyone no, does. No, no, I mean, I mean sorry. I just mean in like tournaments. I don't think so. Have I've seen people with skins. I mean, mm -hmm. to be fair, you get to use them in League of Legends and Dota and shit. I don't see why they'd limit them. There've been there've been a few skins in a uh, in games like League of Legends where they do have a slight advantage. Like, see, I'm I know wondering like if like, Fate skins skin. are gonna be are gonna be banned or things like yeah. that. There's like a um, Blitzcrank skin where like it's kind of harder to see his pull, and like a Twisted Fate skin where it's kind of harder to see his like card throwing. Like I think they. They've like changed that, but like they saw it as an actual problem and changed it. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that just that doesn't mean that it's the whole thing is bad. It just means there was a mistake made. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, my uh, my skin is invisible. It's like, yes, I could see why that would be a problem <laughs> in competitive mode. But yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, all the cosmetics are available for literally everybody for free. If you want to skip some of that, you can to get the one that you want. That is up to you. And finally, the people bitching about it should be more fucking grateful to those who are actually paying to help support the development of the game in future. Mm -hmm. I always I always got this idea that, you know, free-to-play guys that never pay a dime for the game getting saltier people that do is... Like, beggars can't be choosers, motherfucker. You're paying <laughs> this... You're not paying anything. You're playing for free. We're paying for you to play. That's how the model works. And you might say, oh, well, Overwatch isn't free-to-play. Yes, and it isn't, but you would only have a point if any of these unlocks affected the game in any way at all. They don't. It's like, well, why, why can't we get everything from the start? Because people wanted a progression system. That's why they people are obsessed with the progression idea. That's why you don't get even, everything from the start. They're not even putting, like, lore elements with characters behind any of that. No. Like, you're getting free comics that you can read online. You're getting free animated shorts that you can watch that help expand the world. None of the voice lines are like character to character interaction aspects or like reveal anything about just the cool. characters. They're literally, yeah. Like all of the interactions that happen between characters just happen naturally within the game. So voice lines don't add anything. Skins don't add anything. Like it's literally just fun shit. It's all fun shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I don't and, understand And can we fuck this idea that, oh, if you want to monetize your game in any way whatsoever, you have to go free to play? Fuck that. Overwatch would have sucked if it was free to play. You know, if there was any idea, oh, well, you know, you've got to unlock a character like fucking League of Legends, that game would be a disaster. Not to mention the number of hackers, the number of people who could just sign up for a new fucking account and troll the shit out of you. The fact that it has a paywall is good. Because I only have Widowmaker. So you guys yes! It would ruin the whole fucking game! <laughs> I, I, I totally disagree with this notion of someone, a development team puts years and years of work into a game and then people just expect it to be free because they might have to buy cosmetics. But they don't have to buy cosmetics. They never have to buy it, cosmetics. It, like, like it, it winds me up to no end. Like, why would you not want to pay for... Like any other walk of life, right? If someone fuck, if you go to a restaurant and someone gives you a sandwich, you don't go, huh, I, I really prefer if this sandwich 
was free like all of your other food and then the next day the restaurant isn't there and you like just pay for the <laughs> service right just fucking pay for the service it's the same as any other walk of life mm. don't expect games to be free to fucking play it's a dumb model shit loads of free to play games shut down all the time you realize that they, it, yeah. for every successful free to play game to make money hand over fist there are like a hundred that are not it's a limited model that can only work in so many ways and it's prime for exploitation that's why there's so many f free to play games that end up being horribly monetized in really exploitative ways so, oh, no, it's a $40 game, and you could optionally buy a loot pack if you want to get a cosmetic skin that doesn't do anything. Or you could not! <laughs> I mean, people are offended by the mere presence of them. That's what really gets me. It's like, oh, well, you know, the game, you want to be cheat codes and, and stuff. Yeah, I, okay, cool. <laughs> if it was a single-player game, I might get your point there. But people wanted a progression system. This was the only way to make a progression system that didn't affect the gameplay. But if you put that in, and then you say, well, you can't have this skin unless you get blind lucky on one of your level up loot boxes, then people who don't have a million hours to play every day are going to get a little bit pissed off about that. That's why you give the option of both. That It's supposed to be good for everybody. It's just people I are offended on principle by it for some Clash reason. Royale cards like you. I wish I could afford to buy all those cards. Well, I mean, I get it. Clash Royale is exploitative <laughs> as fuck. There's no doubt about that. That's like Hearthstone, because I was making decks like, I wish I could make decks like you and I had all the cards. Well, I mean, if you did that, you wouldn't watch my videos, so. <laughs> but. Yeah. But again, you buy into that idea because you bought a CCG. Like, it's all about collecting cards that way. And you know Literally, what was weird? Yeah, the primary. Yeah, and here's the course. thing. Scrolls went down the other mode. You know what happened to fucking scrolls? It died. He's dead. Literally. <laughs> it's dead. It's actually dead. <laughs> Literally dead this time. Because you couldn't... Because I never, I didn't have the fucking time to play 50-minute games to gradually unlock the stuff I needed for a deck. And the game's like, no, you can't buy it because we want to be fair to everybody. You know what? You, you were not fair to everybody. And look what happened to you. <laughs> What's right, happening to Paragon? Uh, yeah, I, mm, I don't know. It's I don't know about that one. They just brought a new, a new guy. This Pudge. He's just Pudge. He looks pretty neat. I, I like the look of him. He's, <laughs> he's literally his moveset is Pudge. Every game has a Pudge now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally every game. They, they made it so that all of the movement in that game is faster, right? Yes, I, I've been told. I need to go back and give it another try. I still think, you know, whatever card system they've got is a bit kind of ridiculous. But you know what would have happened? It, here's the thing. You could have sold Paragon for $40 and none of this would be a problem. Except you can't do that because people wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> mm. It would have just gone the way of every other game like that that's tried to sell itself for actual money. People would have just told it to fuck off. Yeah. Mm. I... That was that was like my big problem with that game when I played it with uh, Sam and Sohinky was like it's just you it's so slow <laughs> like you just move it around is, so yeah, slow. It was, yeah, it was. So if they fix that, I don't see I don't see what would be bad about that game anymore. Uh, the other problem was like the decks, the deck yeah, building. Yeah, it's, it's the deck building and the monetization aspect of it. You can yeah. only get cards by playing games, so you have to put like. 12 hours into the game before you can even be toe-to-toe -to -toe right. with the regular players. And the thing is, that guy's played more than you and is better than you anyway, so it's like a double whammy, you know? Sam really liked the, uh, whoever that fucking Grim Reaper 
dude was when he released. Yeah, you liked him, right? Yeah. He was like, I mean, I like the game. I just, I'm waiting for them to take feedback from their community and just like, because obviously it's like in a stupid early development. Yeah. So I'm waiting for them to make changes that will make me like it more Mm. as opposed to me playing it and just getting frustrated constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you know, the. The main point of the discussion was to point out that like Overwatch maybe has one of the fairest business models of anything, of anything yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah. complaining that you can optionally buy a loot box which gives you a skin or a voice line is ridiculous. It, it really is, I think. it's. There's nothing wrong with companies making a little bit extra money to support the future development of the game after they've sold it to you as long as they're not doing it in a way that affects the game negatively. And they're not. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, you know, I, I've been like, yeah, I, I've, I've said this for fucking years when it comes to cosmetics, and I think that some people have a hard line on it, and I think that having a hard line on anything is silly. You know, that's a very close-minded way of looking at things. There are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. And when it comes to cosmetics, I think objecting to cosmetics is just the... It's petty. And it... It's... The cosmetics are like the easiest inoffensive way to make a bit extra money for the game complaining about that if you're going to complain about that it's like what can they do what are they allowed to do that would be acceptable Mm. no no apparently nothing you're not allowed to sell video games anymore you can't do it it's going to be free it's going to give you everything and we expect 10 years of future development and no you can't make dlc and no you can't make cosmetic unlocks and no you can't have microtransactions and it's going to be perfect that is the game there we go that's you can only make games like we that figured from it now. Out. guys let's make a development we fixed we the games industry Woo. we got it we got it, we got it all whoop whoop crack amazing crack. let's do this phenomenal we can call it f2p <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Love it. Yeah. Huh. Video games. Yeah. Life. You know, life you gotta pay money too, right? It sucks. <laughs> the deadness in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Wish life had skins. It does. It's got loads of them, in fact. Skins I could just pay for. There's loads of cosmetic skins you can pay for in life. If only there were entire buildings that were filled with different shops with different types of cosmetic skins. (laughs) What a world that would be. Uh, uh, We're talking about actual skin, not. Well, I mean, you can do that too. But I mean, it's not. It's you'll probably get arrested for that. Maybe. Unless you're in, like, Cuba. Unless you're in, um, fucking shit! What's no, the name of that? No, 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 Should we go to a break before we talk about mass murderers? Like- Unless you're in Repo Man and you're the brother who t- takes up people's faces and puts them on his own face. Dad, I don't know what you're talking about. It's probably break. some Chinese cartoon nonsense. We're going oh, to a break. Once we come back after the break, let's talk more about how people are angry that video game didn't come out when they wanted it to. You're watching the Grofstall <laughs> Podcast. Don't go anywhere. This is bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast, where we tell you you're an idiot, and you love it. You love every mm. last second of it. Mm. Drink it in. What? 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 No. What? 
So, Dodger, this is something that I know you've got uh, a little bit antsy over over the last couple of days, and you'd love to talk about, and that is No Man's Sky has been delayed, and that's the end of the world as we know it, apparently. Holy fuck. Like, the subreddit for No Man's Sky, I didn't realize that they were so cray over a game that is not out yet. (laughs) Like, it... To be fair, Absolutely. what other reason would you have for posting on that subreddit for a game that isn't out yet? I mean, what else is there to do other than hype yourself to death? Yeah, but when you hype yourself so much that the second a journalist is like, oh, I heard a rumor that maybe this game is delayed, you flip out and send death threats? Like, maybe you need to cool it. <laughs> like, maybe you're too hype. Maybe you're too aggro about a game. For this, for this world. You're too aggro yet. for this universe. It's Jesus not out God. yet. <laughs> it just blows my absolute hmm. mind. Um, I mean, I feel like it's an issue that fandoms online have had over the past few years in particular. I feel like it's kind of always been around, but since the advent of the internet, you can concentrate all of that in one place, and the crazy just multiplies beyond any form of reasonable. Hmm. Yeah, There's a difference between anticipating a game and saying, hey, that's I'm kind of excited. This is coming out. That's kind of neat. Maybe I'll pre-order it or something, or maybe I'll go stand in line at midnight. Not that you do that anymore, but hey, you know, that's what people used to do back in my day. (laughs) Maybe, you know, then, and then there is dedicating months and months and months of your life to a game that isn't out yet, getting involved in communities for a game that isn't out yet, and then getting really upset about the delay of a game that isn't out yet, and getting so mad that you would go and attack somebody else over it. It isn't out yet. And I honestly, this happens so often that I do really believe that it's a certain age of gamer that just, like, doesn't... I don't think it's gamer. I think it's fan. I think it's it's a fandom problem. It's not... We are very aware of it because we're so far into gaming. But I think that probably happens with movies, with anime... With television shows, it fucking does happen with television shows. Something something happens, happens that people don't anime. want to happen in the latest episode. They'll go fucking nuts. Yeah, you know, books. even uh, books and uh, kind of anything that's developed a fandom where people, like, part of their life relies on this thing coming and being good is mm-hmm. going to create that attitude. And it's and also horribly where, toxic. Where it's cultivated a group of people who feel very knowledgeable about the industry surrounding it as well because then they feel very entitled to their like really aggressive opinion about it (laughs) it's like you need to chill (laughs) just a little smidge um well do you think sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i mean there there are people who were upset about the delay that expressed it in very like understandable ways where it was like oh well it really sucks that this sucks but hey at the end of summer when I wanted to play it throughout the summer and you know maybe I I won't wind up spending that much time on this game now That's because fair. look I have school. It's <laughs> like there you go. That's a way to express your upset without being like I can't believe that they're delaying this game again and I want to just fucking kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that companies have a uh, part of the blame to bear for this kind of behavior like that they almost they encourage this rabid fandom 
to the point where people do get so fucking emotionally invested in this product that they do massively overreact when something doesn't go their way? No. You don't think so? I don't, no. I, a lot of the time, they don't do anything. But I mean, the only thing they can do is be like, come in occasion, be like, y'all need to chill the fuck out. And then just like vanish again. But like a lot of times they don't do anything. The community just works themselves up into this frenzy and then well, them out. And I also just don't, I don't think that we can one day say, man, when games are coming out, it's really nice when the devs are consistently keeping us informed and like helping us, you know, stay interested in the game and showing us what they're doing. And then on the other hand, be like, Man, do you think that them interacting with us too much is turning us into crazy people? No, <laughs> I don't think that it's their fault. Could I, I think that what most for the most part, I think you're right on that. I just do see mostly bigger publishers getting very aggressive with their marketing and building fandoms prior to release and their hype machine kind of going into overdrive. And in doing that, they're playing into the hands of obsessives in many ways, you know, well, by telling people, oh god, this is going to be the best thing ever for literally years before it actually arrives. I think that, that that definitely benefits them until they make promises they can't keep. And that's where, like, a big problem occurs, is when they're like, this game is going to do this and we're, we're really reaching for the stars with this. We have, like, this really big, you know, we're going to do this and this and this and this and this and it's going to come out at this time and then they don't meet expectations. But that's the business model. That is, that's how they stay afloat. They have to market and publicize the game. So it's a double-edged sword because you can't win. You have to market the game to sell copies, but well, marketing the game creates the psychos. So it's like, what do you do? You either have a game that doesn't sell as well, or you have crazies. It's a side effect, I think of it. I, yeah. yeah. Is a company responsible for it? No. I mean, even if a game is aggressively marketed, people should still be able to control themselves to the point where they're not threatening people's yeah. lives over a video game that isn't out yet. I mean, it's, it's like not... a problem with the person. Yeah. Harmy wants them to cancel That's it fair. As, a, as a goof. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy fuck, can you imagine? Let me explode and then be like, oh, we're just kidding, it's coming out. Like, we were just... We were just oh my god. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I'd be so happy. I think even in the case of like Peter Molyneux, who you know constantly overpromises and underdelivers, it still does not justify that insane level of obsessive behavior. Mm-hmm. It's like even if that game comes out and ends up sucking, okay, a video game sucked, right? That's I mean that that's not great, but it is just a video game that sucked. It isn't the end of the fucking world. But the problem is if somebody is invested, well, the thing is it becomes their world. (laughs) It becomes their world when they invest so much time, especially prior to launch into getting involved in things related to that thing, becoming a zealous part of that fandom that, that it actually affects their real life in a real way. So it is in a way their world because they've allowed it to consume part of their personality. This is also a very current generation problem as well this idea of being so excited about something and having constant streams of information about it at your fingertips the overload yeah Mm -hmm. like like if i was super into an anime to the point where i was like i need all the fan fiction i need all the fan art i need to be part of every forum i need to talk to other fans i need to just like feed this i can 
right? If I want to, if I want to like dive in that deep. Um, and it's the same for games. So, mm. but that's not a thing that people could do until the last, you know. Yeah, decade. because if they were obsessed about something, one, they wouldn't have constant information. They'd have to like buy a magazine to figure that out or whatever. Also, mm. they didn't have a place where they could meet other people that would enable their behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And what we do have online now is a massive culture of enabling pretty fucking psycho behavior a lot of the time. Because other people like that, it's like, yeah, it's totally okay to literally spend 18 hours a day on this one product or something that maybe isn't even out yet or obsessing about it. There's a level of, hey, being a fan of something is cool. Getting involved in the fandom can be cool. Sharing your interests and then letting your interests consume who you are is... Yeah. I mean, that's terrifying to me. It, I've seen what that can do to people. People call me a pessimist all the time because I, like, ground people on this shit. Like, <laughs> like people spend, like, $10,000 on a ship for that space game that might come out in 10 years. Oh, it starts I'm like, yeah. I'm like, bro, relax. That game might not even be good. And then they're so fucking offended. <laughs> well, like, if they spent 10K, of course they're offended because they invested in it. You spent 10K, you dipshit. <laughs> I mean, you just told them, I mean, one, you just told them their decision was wrong, so they're going to be pissed about that. Secondly, they just invested actual real money into something, so they're probably suffering buyer's remorse, so there's that. The sunk cost fallacy is part of it. You, like, wake up, you wake up in your bed, and you look, and you've got, like, a custom-made poster of the game <laughs> that was out in four years on the ceiling, and you're like, ah, one more day. And then you walk over in your, like, sweaty pajama pants, and you cross off another day on the calendar, one day closer to the inevitable, maybe in five years release of this game. And then it's you look at like... account and you spend every penny you've ever earned on a shit for a game that doesn't exist yet or is like partly existing. And then you're like, that was worth every penny. And then the game gets delayed. What do you do with your life? You buy an esports team. <laughs> this is the Roast Jesse show, right? It is the Roast Jesse show. Buy an esports team. Okay. You put more into a house, get more contracts. Yep. So there's something related to this that I'd like to talk about that, again, is, is on the subject very much of fandom to products and companies not necessarily deliberately exploiting it, but definitely benefiting from it. I don't know if you've heard about this. There is a petition to remove the Washington Post review of Uncharted 4 from Metacritic. Why? A petition that because the score's too low, it oh, says. fuck off. Really? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I will I will, I will, will read this. This actually has 9,300 signees, which makes me want to find every last one of these people and slap them about for being such good little soldiers for a company that just took their money. It's like, wow, you are unpaid PR shills. Well done. But their argument is that... The uh, I'm gonna read this out because it, it just buggers belief. So they linked you know, the review, which is a, a forty or a four, you know, forty out of a hundred, which albeit may very well be a little bit low for a game like that, but simultaneously it's a made-up score. Who fucking cares? <laughs> the the petition reads as such: I'm sorry, but when having too much detail became a bad thing, this reviewer is out of his mind. I believe U4 is one of the greatest games ever created. It's my personal favorite for sure. Although I can justify some reviewers giving it a 9 or an 8. But this is an utter disgrace, Gene. 
Because you are the only respectable staff that responded to this nonsense. You should remove this review from the Metacritic and the Facebook and post a new sensible one that can justify its existence. Your Washington Post, for Christ's sake, not a 12-year-old's diary. Treats the game with professionalism and respect. Also, he never gave the game a rating in his review. So the 40 out 100 should either be removed from the meta score or added to his review. What? What? Things must be cleared. It's about the respect that the developers deserve for all the time and money put into this game. Uh, something needs to happen. Uh, You're literally it, killing the games industry, sir. It goes on and on and on. Uh, uh, you, you know what, what kind of bothers me more about this is that fucking Troy Baker, you know, video game voice actor, tweeted the fucking petition out. No, stop. <laughs> Troy, Troy, I believed in you. Troy, please. <laughs> Troy, you were the best of us. What are you doing, Troy? Troy, why did you get down Why this are you enabling road? these crazy fuckers? <laughs> Like, oh no, a game you liked has a lower score than it than you think maybe it should, despite the fact these scores are all made Welcome up bullshit. To all of our lives forever. Guess what? <laughs> Sometimes people are gonna play a fucking game and they're not gonna like it, or they're gonna think that it's shitty, and you have to just fucking deal with it because it's their opinion. You don't get to yeah. make a petition and be like, your opinion was wrong and I need you to rework it. No. No. What? Doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh my no. God. <laughs> Troy, why did you do this to us all? Why? I think That's Troy. Wrote, I think Troy wrote the petition and then tweeted it out. <laughs> it's just shit. enabling. This was Troy Baker. Utterly insane behavior. It's essentially like an, a, a petition to change someone's opinion on something. I mean, Full the story. thing is, it's it's not yeah. it's not even that because like honestly, yeah, the review whether or not the review should be on Metacritic is entirely up to fucking Metacritic. More to the point, why do you care as much as you do about that? It's Metacritic. This game has a hundred and three positive reviews and one negative one, <laughs> one, just one. This Change one. Change it. One is too many. Change it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> At Troy Baker, how could you do this? No, apparently he he might have apologized for it. We don't oh, know. Somebody right. was saying he might have apologized for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the tweet was from the, from like two weeks ago. The thing is that, like, what what annoys me more than anything is not is just that he tweeted it and actually enabled people like that. Yeah. yeah. Because it just it enables such insane fandom. It's that that is not <laughs> what you should be doing. It, like don't don't encourage people to act crazy. It, it doesn't look if if, the, if this thing is on Metacritic, who fucking cares? Has it made a blind bit of difference? Has it changed? Give it ten out of ten. Great, good for them. <laughs> but some people gave it had the temerity to give it an eight or even a seven point five. Man. No, that's an outrage. Outrageous! I should probably die. I don't think I've looked at like a, a review site in maybe 
Same. 12 years? Yeah, a long time. But like since since I used to buy gaming magazines, like I haven't looked at one. <laughs> yeah. Fair, we're all like in the industry. Yeah. And I think it's it's hard for us to come from the perspective of like somebody who's just buying games for goofs. Because we yeah. like just because I'm not gonna buy a bad game though. Yeah. I'm just not an idiot. It's like being a chef and being like, I haven't <laughs> eaten at this place because I know all the good restaurants. <laughs> yeah. it's, I it's, wouldn't be caught dead at a taco truck. Missing <laughs> out, sir. Yeah. I don't know, it, it's more a case of like they're, they're just like so upset over the fact that there is a made-up score on a site of made-up scores. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it's matter. It's ruining 9,000 people's lives. Why, why do you feel the need to go to bat for but this 9, game that you bought? 9,000 people signed that petition. 9,000 no, people thought it was worth part. their time. 9,000 people read the description of Pop that petition and were like, I and stand then added here. a signature and said, you have my sword. My foam <laughs> my sword. Because I'm a fuckboy. He owns a fucking fedora, you can <laughs> guarantee it at that point. You'll have my sword. Anyone that says that, I am going to assume you own a trilby. <laughs> Right, and you unironically own it too, and you wear it sometimes, and yeah. you have a shirt with dragons on it. I say this because, as a nineteen-year-old, I own both a trilby, a samurai sword, and a shirt with dragons on it. Absolutely, nice. I've been there. I'm telling you, you need to rescue yourself from that particular abyss. Been there, man. This is an, yeah. a previous alcoholic telling you that drinking too much is bad. Trust me, I've been clean of dragon shirts and samurai swords for years. You need to join me on this. Wake me up inside. Can't wake up. I can't wake up. <laughs> Have you guys noticed? Have you guys noticed? You know how it used to be uh, wolf moon shirts? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Wolf moon shirts. Have you guys noticed that nowadays it's like cat space shirts? There's definitely yeah. a part of that, yeah. I feel like cat space shirts are everywhere, and wolf moon shirts need to come back around. They've taken the back seat. They have. The 90s, the 90s had their wolf moons, and I want the 90s. Also, to just shirts with like sayings on them, like they're inspiring <laughs> others. Oh, yeah. Like, Those live still life. Exist, and I don't understand why people still buy them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like FCUK, and they used to be like, I want a FCUK. That was clever for a while, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now they're just, it's like hot topic. Ugh. However, hot topic, great sweatpants. God what? damn it. Patrick. Incidentally, by the way, just to kind of cut this topic off, that review probably should not be on Metacritic, but ultimately, why do you care this fucking much and why are you campaigning about something that doesn't fucking matter in any way? Mm. Please stop committing yourself to companies that only want your money. They don't love you. They don't. They don't love you. Not no, really. they don't. Not the way no. I do. No. <laughs> no Man's Sky loved you, but then they made No Man's Sky never loved you either. Yeah. No Man's Sky was a fucking liar. Yeah. He came yeah, around then he is the dad that went to get milk and never came Never home. came back. He went I was gonna make the cigarettes joke, but I there was you gonna go. say No Man's Sky is the Tinder date and that stood you up. Yeah. And they Aww. were like, let's, let's No Man's Sky swiped left on you. Yeah. Is that what the kids are doing these days? Like I feel like I'm I'm sort of connecting with them on a real level here. You were right. like, We're a match and they were like, uh-huh, left swipe. Ooh. Is right a good like, is that they like yeah, it? Yeah, if you swipe right, you're DTF. If you swipe left, you are. What the fuck is DTF? Down to, Down fuck. to fuck, TB. Yeah. Down to fuck. You gotta <laughs> learn the acronyms if you're gonna hang with the kids. I've TV. been married for 10 years. Why do you think I would need to know that? <laughs> In case someone was ever like, yo, I'm DTF. Now you know. Now you can be like, no, hey. thank you. 
Yeah, you can be like, no, thank you. Oh, I'm happily married for a decade. You just, you just reach forward and you just swipe left on their face. <laughs> Why do you own Tinder if you're married? <laughs> oh, shit. What if we make a Tinder for video games? Oh, There's already wait. several of those, actually. I'm sure that what exists. If we make a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what would we call it? N- uh, Nookie for nerds. No. Uh, 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 Trilby. <laughs> Trill.be. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I imagine that probably already exists. Yeah. We did it. Oh, right. Everything we come up with, someone will steal right away. Probably, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I mean, that means we created something, right? We spawned this. We're responsible. Uh, The the ultimate, you know, the conclusion on this is, look, the message we're trying to get across is it is okay to be passionate about something, but, you know, rein it in. You know, have some common sense. Don't become so invested in a company's product that you literally become their walking, talking PR zombie. They would love for that. They adore that idea to have an army of people that will go to bat to defend them that they don't even have to pay. Worse still, they pay you. I mean, that's that's a it's a marketer's wet dream. Don't indulge them for fuck's sake. There are so many like things in this industry that really could be better that we could really be you know talking about and campaigning for. This this is not one of those things. Some jackass, you, know, you want to get the whole 138 other negative user reviews removed as well because their scores are unfair? Who gives a fuck? It's one guy's fucking opinion and a made-up score. It doesn't affect you in any way. It's true. You can still anyway, enjoy that game. Did you He's retroactively enjoy the game less because the fucking Washington Post wrote some sarcastic review of it? No, you fucking didn't. Yes, I did. I yeah, barely ruined my game. They missed the point of the game, TV, <laughs> and it hurt to know that people were reading it and wouldn't buy the game and get the experience I did. So I've created a PowerPoint of 58 <laughs> <laughs> I will encourage you to sit through all of them. They are very detailed. I'll be back in 45 minutes. I just have therapy, and then we'll go over my findings. I, I think they probably do need some therapy, honestly. That would be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we move on to uh, releases? Totally, yeah, absolutely. Do we have a release list? We do. I could even Holy give it to shit. you. Ooh. X could deliver to you. X Let's can see. deliver to you. He can. There was a panel at Momocon called X Gun Deliver to You. We didn't go to it. I'm just very curious as to what it was. If anyone did go to it and knows what that panel was, please tell me. I'm very curious. Was it called? X, X Gun Deliver to You. That was literally- No, at Momocon. Was it like a bunch of prisoners? They were like, we've turned it around. We X Con. Ha! Story. Yeah. Civilization Six comes out October 21st. <gasps> Time to get hyped! No. Stop it. <laughs> stop what? getting hyped. Oh, I thought you said time to get high, and I was like, sure. <laughs> okay, uh, that's, I mean, I we've so. just done a show. It's been very stressful. I think it's a good <laughs> idea. Let's go. Okay, guys, first, a.k.a. today, we have a game called The Dope Game, which I actually saw on Steam this morning. But Yeah, I, I think it, it is what it sounds like. It's a, it's a drug dealing game, I think. Uh, oh, is it? Is it yeah. actually a drug dealing game? Yeah. It's also huh. cheap as fuck and probably awful, but let, let me have a look. You start your new life, you get a $2,000 loan. Uh, it's it's a adventure game by the looks of it. It's like a one-off sort of adventure game involving drugs. 
It looks some like sort. it involves drugs. Drugs. Yeah, I, it is... I don't know exactly what that involves, but hey. Someone's review was yes, 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 yes. Uh, can we start a petition to remove this review from Steam? Because that's one too many yeses. I think that's two more yeses yeah. than this game deserves. I feel it only needs 27 yeses, not 28. Cool. Uh, well, moving on, we have Dead Island Riptide Definitive Edition and just the Dead Island Definitive Edition. So yep. those. You can get uh, them for like three bucks if you already own it. So it's it's just, it's an upgrade basically to yeah. the game. We got Rise of the Ancients, which is uh, a thing. That's a generic name. Let's see what it is. That's well, $1.19. It's a tower defense game. And it it's looks like it's made in 1997. Woo! Negative reviews. Indeed. <laughs> it's all negative reviews. There's no positive reviews at all. Oh, no. Well, uh, the next game is called VR Regatta, which is just a VR sailing game. Yep. Oh, I get my VR this week. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. The next one looks uh, pretty good. Called Waltz of the, the Wizard. Wizard. Yeah, this is another what VR is game. You combine potions and do magic spells and shit. It's free, which, oh, but it looks really, really, really good. Like it, it's basically, apparently it's a, something of a tech demo, uh, but obviously it's free. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, this next game we saw on the list like a week ago or a couple weeks ago. So I don't oh, know. Oh, Elite vs. Freedom. Pushed. Yeah. Elite vs. Freedom. It has negative reviews. So. One. It only has one actual review that is yeah. negative and they've played it for 0.1 hour. So that's worth listening to. I was your petition to remove that review from Steve. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of indie uh, third-person shooter of some description. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, the next one is called Torgar's Quest. Torgar's Quest. It is a roguelike dungeon crawl. Oh, my God. That looks basic. You know, when games of 2016 look like Chip's Challenge, you know there's something wrong. <laughs> Next game is Angus, Angus Hates, Hates Aliens. Aliens. You know, this looks kind of cool. I like the art style of this a lot. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, a lot of the old uh, Super Nintendo games. Like, genuinely, an actual, like, retro-inspired graphic style that actually looks like one. Totally. Yeah, it's a, it's a shooter of some description... Reminds me of uh, games like Mercs and things like from the Sega Genesis Mega Drive era. Yeah, for Looks sure. Looks pretty neat, actually. Uh, the next game is called Tower 3D. 30 bucks for a successor to the Airport Tower Simulator Tower 2011. So Air Traffic Control Simulator. Oh, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. The next game is called Demetrius, The Big Cynical Adventure. So Point click. Adventure game packed with cynical humor. Eight to twelve hours of fun. And yeah, it's a point and click game. Yep. Uh, next up is Tumbleweed Express. This is it's apparently a sort of on-rails defense game, but you're a train with guns. Okay, great. Which kind of <laughs> seems a bit neat, actually. Uh, there's one more I want to add to the list, by the way. It's a DLC, but the expansion to Renowned Explorers comes out today called More <laughs> to Explore. So I'm very much looking forward to trying that out because Renowned Explorers is fucking brilliant and you should try it. Cool, cool. So yeah, there's my endorsement we on that. that game and then we couldn't do multiplayer and then Jesse was like, screw this game. No, fuck and this. It's not a multiplayer game. Well, he at thought all. it was. 
That's because he's an idiot. Next. <laughs> um. All right. June first, we have Wonder No More. Visual novel, or <laughs> they call it a kinetic novel, a visual novel without any choices. Uh, that means you have no choices. Yeah, it's oh. literally just a novel that you right. click through. Right. Okay. Oh. Um. Next up is called Directionless, an experimental virtual reality horror game. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck. The, their logo is a pink cat. I don't trust it. One little bit. <laughs> Next up is called The Concourse. A highly competitive racing game that forces players to literally think on their feet, use wits and reflexes to conquer randomly generated courses. Win and influence the future races by choosing a modifier, increasing the challenge. Okay. I assume it's a multiplayer. Yeah, it's a multiplayer game. Hmm. Interesting. Next game is called Artificial Defense. Real-time strategy game combining orbital shooters and tower defense components. What is an orbital shooter? Virtual reality setting. What is an orbital shooter exactly? I don't know. Neither do I. I have no idea. It's an electrifying experience, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it, especially when you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> the idea <laughs> of a real-time strategy game that's in VR is interesting to me, though. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I played uh, Air Mech Command on the Oculus, and it worked fairly well, actually. Hmm. Cool. The next game is called Hashtag Dungeon. Oh, God. This it uses Twitter as its method of dungeon generation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so it lets you, like, tweet out your levels to people and shit and play other people's levels via Twitter. Which uh, seems... I mean, that's an interesting idea, certainly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, the next game is called Smoot's World Cup Tennis. I think that's relatively game. understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next up is called Underwater Adventure. 3D action game with a little part of puzzle, apparently. Great. Next up is The Naughty Project. N-A-D-I in all caps. Not The Naughty Project. Not The Naughty Project. No. The Naughty Project. A first-person graphic <laughs> adventure. You will face various challenges. So it's walk around. Inspired, apparently, by Ether 1 and... Ethan Carter, so they say. Uh, <laughs> all right, this next one is called Sinran Kagura Shinobi Versus. Ah, it's the booby battle game. One of two booby yeah, battle games that we're getting on a, June the 1st. It's a booby shinobi game. Yes, <laughs> it is. A uh, fairly successful series on PlayStation, I think, if I recall correctly, where if you hit the, the ninjas enough, their clothes fall off and mm. such. Uh, it's kind of a... Yeah, yeah. Bit Dynasty Warriors, bit kind yeah, of yeah. God of War, and lots of boobs and underwear and such, and costumes, and yeah. I'm sure that game will sell very well. Probably. I'll buy it. I have no um, doubt. <laughs> Next up is Tikara Puzzles. It's, it's a match a four. four puzzle game. Wow, yeah. we've truly innovated. Next. <laughs> uh, after that, we've got Beyond Flesh and Blood. It is a shooter. Uh, it's an early access. It has robots and gory violence, apparently. Alrighty. Next up is Beater Spirit. It's a side scroller. Um, it's a game where you make your own rules. What? Huh? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you make create, your own rules. Create a match of any size and complexity and get a reward for completing it. What? Next one. What is the beaters? I don't know. Okay, Pool Nation VR. Is that a swimming VR game? Because I, that would. I assume it's it. actually the game pool, not a swimming oh, game. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Billiards VR. Yeah. Yes. 
It's virtual okay. pool. Um, Bara. Yeah. Chaos. So this was the sequel, I think, to Bikini Zombie Slayers or some uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, this, I think this was on PS4 for a while. I know Jim Sterling did a video of it a long time ago. It's like literally, you are wearing barely any clothes. You kill zombies. It's apparently surprisingly good, despite being, you know, huh. mostly just. There's no way that this outfit is practical. But for some reason, it's popped up on Steam, and it's coming out tomorrow. And it has downloadable pigtail DLC. No, I'm deadly serious. Golden Kagura <laughs> Pigtails is in the downloadable content for this game. See, that's what we were looking for. That's what we want. Yeah. So that's a thing. So if you don't like the one anime booby game, you've got another anime booby game. Perfect. And if you don't want either of those, you can get Sacred Line Genesis Remix, which looks horrifying. It's a uh, horror visual novel. Can you buy pigtails? I do not think so, but there's an eyeball in a uh, doorway. A surreal, <laughs> twisted, kinetic novel tribute to obscure visual novel adventure games of the 90s. Claiming being originally designed and developed for the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis. Really? Wow. I don't know how that happened, but okay. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a story there that we don't quite know about. Yeah. Huh. Um. All right. And now we're moving on to June 2nd. We've got Coffee Pot Terrarium. <laughs> That's a terrible name for a video game. Coffee, and there's no coffee to be found. There's no coffee in Coffee Pot Terrarium? No. It's a turn-based game of tact and tile manipulation. No. Not coffee. That ain't coffee. Boo. <laughs> Ooh. It actually looks pretty nice, but I don't see the coffee <laughs> element here. Yeah. Okay. Then what about Music Wars Empire? Music Wars? You are the manager of a CEO of a record label. Try to make your mark in the industry. So, tycoon, sim game. Yeah. Alrighty. Next up, we've got Pata Noir. Uh, the Baron's daughter is missing, and you're the one to find her. Any possible arsenal of hard-boiled similes. It's nothing you can't handle. What? Oh hard-boiled similes. Screenshot in that list of screenshots and tell me what's happening. What the fuck? It's the it's fuck? a it's a simulated book interface apparently. <laughs> it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, it's novel. interactive fiction by the looks of it, where in which the metaphors you live by become tools to solve the mystery. Apparently, with a postmodern rock soundtrack. Right. <laughs> Okay, all right then. Cool. Well, the next game is called Investigator. It's a first-person horror game. All right. Neo. Uh, next up is Mini Thief. I feel like I've heard I of this. Play Mini Thief. Can you escape the loot? Obtain sweet, sweet loot. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're a tiny thief in it. Tiny thief, basically. <laughs> next up is called Swift. That's a lot of fucking video games. Yeah. There's there's like so many in the last in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah. and not not a lot of them look brilliant, I have to admit. Uh this is a 2D online multiplayer platformer with a one-hit combat system, apparently. Yeah, looks very basic, certainly. Mm-hmm. Next. Uh the next one is called Mattress. It's like a Tetris spin-off. And it looks kinda interesting, but I cannot for the life of me understand how it's being played. Mm. Yeah. Like, you have a grid and you're trying to fill it up with Tetris shapes. But, like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's some kind of logic puzzle, by the looks of it. Yeah. 
Interesting. I would play that. That Ooh. looks cool to me. Uh, next up is called Meridian Squad 22. Single player RTS, I believe. Yeah, it was in... I think this is a sequel to something. I think there was something called Meridian New World, which was oh. also a... Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is a sequel to a single player kind of indie RTS, by the looks of it, going into early access. Uh, next up is called Kibitus. Kibitus. A new 2D platformer game based on classic platformers with an updated twist. I'm sure it, it is. Look, it doesn't look like anything particularly <laughs> it looks special. Like, uh, a nice Flash game. Pretty yeah. Much. Looks like a Flash game to me. Too. Next. Grim Legends 3 The Dark City. Hidden object game, I believe. Check. Yep, it is. Okay. Next up is called Arafel, A-R-A-F-E-L-L, Arafel. 16-bit era Japanese-style RPG. Yep. Sure looks like RPG maker sprites to me. That's because it <laughs> is. Yep. Next up is called A Game of Changes. Game of Changes. 3D puzzle platformer. Takes you al along a unique journey of wisdom. Uh, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> Dude, I feel wiser just from looking at these screenshots. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> next. Uh, the next one actually looks nice. really cool. It's called uh, The Battle for Sector 219. It's a strategy card game. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It looks... I can't understand how it's being played from these screenshots, but it looks yeah. interesting. They're claiming it's more of an abstract card game yeah. and sort of placing unit cards on a board and stuff like that. Right. I will try it. I do have a code for this, but... It does. It definitely does not look like your regular run-of-the-mill card game, so might be worth a look at it. Yeah. Next up is called Medieval Battlefields. Medieval Battlefields Black Edition, I believe, for whatever Ooh. reason. This looks like it'd be a great game in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Turn-based tactics game with uh, basic graphics, let's just put it that way. Uh, this next game is like a full version of a mini game I've played in so many different things. It's called Plith, and it's entirely gears that you're trying yeah. to put together to make the machine work, and every level is just that. Yeah. I feel like every game that's had a, oh man, we need to unlock this lock mechanic has been like, let's do this mini game with gears. Yes, and it's that's that. that's what Plith is. Yeah, it's a whole game of that. All right, moving on to June 3rd, we've got Kartcraft. It is a realistic kart racing game. Okay. Which sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. <laughs> Next up is Farming 6-in-1 Bundle. It is six games about farming in one, including My Farm Life, My Farm Life 2, Terra Farmers, Tropical Farm, Virtual Farm, and Virtual Farm 2. So just in case you're sick of Stardew Valley and want six terrible games based kind of on that then there we go <laughs> perfect what about age of barbarian extended cut uh, I, wasn't this the yeah it was a revival of the 80s side scroller barbarian and oh, if i recall correctly the original version looked awful and this one does definitely not look any better what the shit there's like a dog humping her i think that's attacking her <laughs> not actually humping her Oh god, the, the the character models look very uh, interesting. Let me put it that way. What the shit is this game? Well, there's your next video. Next, 
<laughs> Next up is called Projector Face. It's a point and click. You literally have a projector for a face, trying to communicate in the only way he knows how, because he has no voice. He has a projector yeah. for a face. He has yeah. to show people pictures. I like the art style, actually. It's, uh, I do, too. Looks uh, nicely like retro. <laughs> I like the idea of having a projector for a face. I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Next, Next up is called Nebula. Action platformer. Great. There's some lasers Next up. There. Next. <laughs> Next up is called Dangerous Golf. Ooh. <laughs> As opposed to regular golf, which is far too mundane. Welcome to the world of Dangerous Golf, an arcade-style sports game with a very explosive twist. Brought to you by the founders of Criterion, as in the guys that made Burnout. Uh, this looks surprisingly not awful, actually. Burnout was great. Well, yes. It actually looks like really like that you're playing golf in like a kitchen, like. And shit. things are exploding. Yeah. yeah. Is this in Unreal Four? It looks like it's very high fidelity for yeah. a golf game. I'm gonna bookmark this. Yeah, this might be interesting. It's got four ways to play. There's online modes. Hmm. There's explosive shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next game is called Rescue Lucy. You play a little girl who's looking for her dog. It might be a hidden object game. It's either a hidden object game or a point and click, judging by the screenshots. Okay. Um. So yeah, there's that. A mysterious atmospheric game. So and mysterious. Then, so mysterious. And then we've got Amulet of Dreams. Hidden object game. Perfect. <laughs> and then we have A Healer Only Lives Twice. As a newly hired priest, your duties are to use your magical abilities to heal your comrade, a knight on the front lines. So, yeah, this is a game where you actually play the support guy, and apparently the knight does all the work. You play right. as Mercy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, okay. It's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is heal. Great. Uh, the next game is called Planet Centauri. Explore hidden dungeons, capture and tame monsters, build and protect an NPC community, craft your own weapons, create magic spells. Obviously it's early access, of course it is. When is that kind of thing not? Uh, you yeah, can ride Terraria dinosaurs in it. It's It looks very Terraria. But in yeah. space. Very kind of star. It's inc it looks incredibly Terraria. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That is... Uh, yes, that's very similar. Okay. This next game is called Hard Reset Redux, and it actually yes. looks really cool. Uh, yeah, so Hard Reset came out a few years ago. It's the guys that made Shadow Warrior. Um, okay. And Hard Reset originally was like their first attempt at making, hey, we're going to make an old school shooter, but with new graphics. It was pretty good. This is a kind of remastered version. They've changed it. They've added a fucking energy lightsaber thing to it. They've changed a bunch of things about the game. I played a little bit of it earlier. And I mean, it plays like Hard Reset does, which I actually liked Hard Reset. So it's cool that they're doing... I don't know why they're re-releasing it, but mm -hmm. it's cool that they are because that game was pretty good. Cool. Uh, next up is called Grand Pigeon's Duty. 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 Pigeons organize resistance, which Pigeon. aims to attract people's attention to the problem of hunger and restore bakery companies for their bait. I'm sorry, what? Is that a real sentence? In the near future, people decided to abandon human organs and replace them with innovative petrol implants that allow to prolong life. Did you just say Almost petrol? Petrol. Petrol! Petrol. Pet- oh, Fuck you. <laughs> 
petrol almost they sound all the same to me were ruined or converted <laughs> into refueling due to lack of organic food pets were on the verge of extinction worst of all had birds that were unable to adapt to new conditions of life without human food this is like without grammar or anything Organized <laughs> resistance, which aims to attract people's attention to the problem of hunger and restore bakery companies for their bait. Pigeon John decides to help urban birds using their unusual disease of the digestive system. Alright. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> Anima Gate of Memories. It's a third person action RPG. It apparently is, yes. <laughs> and then next up is called Smithy. 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 Uh, da, 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 da. I imagine that's about making shit. It's not. Smithy is an underground rodent that happens to be an excellent weaponsmith. It is about making shit. Smith Purchase and upgrade weapons while destroying everything standing in your path. You're a fucking hamster with a gun and you make weapons. Great For job. some reason. I like it. On Dreams of imagination. Hmm. You can be anything you want to be. On June 4th, we have Wanda, A Beautiful Apocalypse, that is a minimalist game about two robots who want to be happy. Adorable. <laughs> and then we have another fucking Sakura game. It will never end. Sakura Dungeon is coming out. I don't think we even need to look it up. <laughs> Let's be real. We nope. all know exactly what this game probably looks like. I it's, don't. Yeah, it's a, it's a first-person sort of dungeon crawler, except... Everything yeah. you're fighting is in anime bikinis and now has big boobies and like. such. Mm -hmm. It looks like what I thought it would. Yep, yep. looks exactly like any <laughs> Sakura game does. <laughs> Next. Oh my god. Okay, uh, those are literally- oh my- You know what else pisses me off about that? Those are the exact <laughs> same fucking character models from their clicker game. And they were like, we gotta keep cranking out Sakura yep. games. So what the fuck are People we People keep we'll buying that shit, they want the anime boobies. Fuck you. Finish Sakura Fantasy, you pieces of shit. Sakura VR. Uh, yes. <laughs> the next game is called Slash or Die. Uh, well, they didn't tell you much from the description at all. <laughs> I mean, so I have no idea what this is. Slash or you die. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go with die. <laughs> slash or you get slashed. Yeah. Yes, they, should be called there is no good description for this game at all on the Steam yeah. page, so fuck knows what that actually is. Next up, on June 6th, we have Soul Trader. S-O-L Trader. A genre-busting space sim. Lean on Not your on network here, of in-game friends and family to trade. And so it's a single-player game of 2D space flight and strategic manipulation of your network of contacts. I'm intrigued. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly, but it sounds interesting. Okay. Hey. Next up, we have Stranger of Sword City. Oh, that's coming to PC. This uh, was on Vita. Oh. That actually looks quite good. It's um, it's a sort of Japanese dungeon crawl game with a really cool art style. It's a they, yeah they call it a DRPG. I think uh, the sort of Japanese dungeon crawl game. It looks surprisingly good. I don't know how good the Steam version is going to be, but it's an NIS game. Oh. You point Ichi software. So. Yeah. That's cool. It's coming to PC. I'm kind of surprised to see it, but hey. Next up, we have Hearts of Iron 4. Also known as the really fucking hard, complex World War II <laughs> political grand strategy war game simulator. True facts. And last but by every fucking means least... 
super duper party pooper. Fuck you. It's the idiots that made there's poop in my soup. <laughs> Those fucking morons. Yeah, it's the same company. It's like, we're going to make another game about shitting. And we're randomly going to put fucking YouTubers and streamers in the game because we I really want your fucking attention. It. Fuck off. Fuck. I mean, you, you're in it, Dodger. You realize that, right? What? I'm pretty sure you're. Uh, I know. I they, they, super duper. No, <laughs> in uh, in there's poop in my soup. They put a bunch of uh, fucking parody YouTubers in their fucking game to try and sell copies. Wait, can you just sue them? No, you can't sue people for parody. Um, there's poop in my soup. Yeah, I don't know if you're. I don't know if it's you who's in it, but I I know they they've added they added me and they added like Markiplier and a, uh, but with different names and shit. It's like right. no, fuck yeah. you. I'm not playing your stupid game. Oh man, it's like uh, Pro Evolution Soccer when they like change the names of all the players. They yeah, have the rights. Yeah. It's kind of like that. They even sent me a fucking PR email about it. I wanted to just send them a box of glitter. Send them an actual human turd and be like, yeah. "This is actual feces." Like. <laughs> Reviews are very positive, guys. They're of course very they are. Positive. It's a fucking stupid PewDiePie meme game, is what it is. Fucking. And that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Cool. That's it. that's a lot of games. The faster try them don't look very good, but hey. Mm -hmm. So maybe you know, spend spend this week revisiting a game that you have maybe abandoned at some point. That's maybe better now. Who knows? <sighs> that's something to do. Anywho, that's it. We did it. That's all of them. Yep. Yay. Pretty much. All right. Thank you for watching the Coastal Podcast, folks. Before we go, we'd love to let you know what exactly we're going to be doing over the next week. So, stripping. What's going on? Uh. I am currently doing a Dark Souls Soul Level 1 playthrough on Dark Souls 3, which means you stay at level 1, no upgrades or anything. Uh, and I've been playing through that this week, so that's a lot of fun. If you like Dark Souls and you like me dying 100 times to a boss, uh, come and check that out. Um, and if you want to find me, you can find me at Strippin on Twitter uh, and Strippin on Twitch and YouTube. Cool. Crandor, what are you yes. doing? Yes. What am I doing? Well, on YouTube.com slash WowCrandor... You can find a lot of Hearthstone, because I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone, because I'm still having fun with this expansion. We should play another Legendary deck battle. I'm sure. I'm you would like more ad revenue. I get that. I would like more ad revenue. <laughs> Dude, Your intentions are transparent. That last video I made has got like half a million views. Exactly. That's why you've been badgering me for it to do another one. I get hey, it. Come on. I got all this shit to do, man. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Uh... So yeah, I've been doing a lot of Hearthstone and uh, random stuff. And then I've been streaming over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Crandor. And I just play random stuff. We've been playing a lot of Overwatch. That's where I play Overwatch mainly. Mm. And, uh, oh, yeah, The Calling. We've actually been playing a lot of The Calling, too. It's still a fun game. They just mm. updated it. And uh, yeah, twitter.com slash Crandor, facebook.com slash Crandor. You're not even trying anymore, are you? <laughs> No. It's like your battery died. Dodger, what's what's coming up with the show? What's going on? Uh so we finished our second run of Hustle Cat. If you guys would like to watch that, been very fun. Um gonna be starting on another short game to do in the meantime before we go into season three of Hustle Cat, because we have to touch all the cat butts. And I now stream five days a week. Which is super fun. So I would love it if you would check that out on Twitch.tv. And she only plays but Darkest Dungeon. I've been playing a lot of it. Yeah. Because it's so, man, I got a bunch of level fives now. Fuck. Soon I'll be able to actually attack the Darkest Dungeon. It'll be You're great. You're going to die. Um, yeah. 
That's it. At Dex Bonus on everything. And have a great day. Cool. Be safe. Yeah, stuff will come out eventually, but more to the point, uh, tomorrow I'm actually going to do a pilot of a live version of 15 Minutes a Game. I'm going to do that on twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit at 2 p.m. Eastern, and I'm, we're going to do like six games, maybe. Maybe even more than that. Who knows? We're going to try some stuff. Probably a lot of the stuff that we mentioned today. Going to download it, going to get it all ready, and we're going to give it a shot. We're going to give some first impressions. So please do tune into that, twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Outside of that, stuff that's on its way. I have a bunch of stuff that I'm ready to record. I just haven't got around to doing. Uh, WTF is a riff racer I need to get done, which is a music racing game. Uh, Off-World Trading Company I still haven't done. I want to do another video on 8-Bit Armies now they've released the second faction. Hearthstone videos, maybe. That kind of thing, you know? Yeah. If I can actually get it done. Not with Crandall, though. Not with no. him. No. <laughs> no. You could at least try and sound disappointed. Uh, you, you don't even. <laughs> it's not the best you can do. Yeah. He doesn't even have the passion for it. I'm in a constant state of neutrality. Oh shit! They just released Lightblade VR, a virtual reality trading a training simulator with plasma blades. It's basically yeah. fucking lightsabers. Lightsabers for Vive. Perfect. I get. I need my Man. Vive. It's supposed to get here like. I'm gonna have to install that. I, I think I'm gonna have to install that. I'm gonna swing my fucking lightsabers around and break shit around my room. That I hope I hope that doesn't I'll suck. Try. I really hope that doesn't suck. Alright, we're pretty much done. More than a fan. Thank you very much for watching the Quarrel Podcast. Next week, assuming Jesse actually shows up, he'll be back on the show, and I guess we'll be force strategy gaming as he, Oh shit. Yep, he's gonna be Whoa. here. So we'll be around the usual time, 3 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, which will be the 7th of June. Thank you very much for watching the show, folks, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Yes, goodbye. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Be excellent to each other and party on, dude. <laughs>